Previously on AFTN. Okay, so let's, let's work down. We've got Kai Kamara's head yeah. on Kendall Waston's body. Yeah. David Norman's tackling. Russell Tybert's grit. Yeah. Alfonso Davies' speed. Speed. And left foot. And left foot. So who, we need a right foot. Whose right mm. foot do we get? Jordy? Mm. Yeah, Jordy. Jordy's right foot. And arms. Why would you need arms? Yeah. You avoid Mer- handballs if you have arms. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so and, just and, the yeah, arms. armless. 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 <laughs> or or Tichero's arm. Perfect. So is it small? Awesome. Kendall's body, Tichero's arm. This is weird. <laughs> Fantastic. Carl Robinson, you're back again. If you do this again, pretty soon we'll be friends. You're the newest member of my fully sick faction. Got your rhymes locked, loaded, ready for action. That may be the last time we ever get to play that song. And a lot of folk will be glad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it has generated the most hate of anything we've played, which is surprising concerning some of the wavelengths that I've played over the years. Really? Yeah, folk really, really hate that. We played it a lot uh, a few years ago. Yeah. I don't know if they hate the song or if it's just because it's Carl Robinson. No, because no, this is. Folks seem is, to hate everything. No, about no, Carl this, this is when That's Carl Robinson. True. This is when Carl Robinson was in good graces of most people. Oh yes, yeah. true. Anyway, an unusual way to start, but welcome everybody. You are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, one hundred one point nine FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And if you're listening to this show in the podcast, this will be episode 302. And I don't know if we're going to be able to fill two hours tonight because it's been the quietest Whitecaps <laughs> week I can ever remember. We've never had trouble filling two hours, didn't matter. True, even in the off-season. You know, nothing was going on. Yeah, even in the off-season we managed to overrun. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how, but yeah. Um, yeah, busy, busy week. It's a lot to talk about. Zach, you couldn't join us for our little midweek excursion in the car that, was, that we had. There was no room in the car. There was no room in the car. <laughs> Bailey's dog hammock in the back takes up all that space, <laughs> so we just couldn't fit you in. So we'll we'll cover that in the first part. Just Cal Robinson's release from the club. That's the official term, release. He wasn't fired or let go. He was released, I believe. So we'll cover that because you've not had a chance to, to talk about that. We'll talk about possible replacements. I know a lot's been said. We've talked about it before as well. Just the future of the club. We'll pick over the bones of Zlatan's destruction of the Whitecaps in LA. 
Is, can we say it's the end of season show yet? Or I know I've been saying that every week since April, but it's getting closer. Yeah, the Doomsday uh, I Clock think so. is it was even ticking. it was even extra worse for me because I finally watched that second leg of the Voyagers Cup final. <laughs> oh, I found out we lost. That's a really really bad week for you. It's then. horrendous. It's like triple the pr- issues. Oh, man. That was triple the pain. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you guys held off on the spoilers. All the Twitter people, nobody spoiled it for me. I was able to watch it, but I did wish I didn't. Are you did gonna you have to cancel your flights to Mexico? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> right, go. Okay. Did you get your? Um, did you see the the post match? Uh, the post match uh, chat fun? with Russell Tiber, or, or the, in the dressing room? <laughs> Apparently, in the dressing room. Oh now. yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I found out about that too. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's kick things off. The Cal Robinson era is over. If you're just learning that now, then this maybe isn't the best show for you. But <laughs> the Cal Robinson era is over. It it's been quite the downfall, really, for Robbo because. Just a few months ago, he was being touted as the new Welsh manager. Some of the top players were coming out and speaking up for him and we were like, are we going to lose him to Wales? Then the Metro in New York ran a, a top five coaching candidates to take over from Jesse Marsh for the Red Bulls and they had Robbo as number one. Now, he's on the dole. Has the last few weeks, maybe months, tarnished the reputation that he's built up over the years or one thing which does seem quite obvious from from reading things is he seems way more valued out with the Vancouver market than maybe within the market here I don't think he would be it can't be tarnished this is his first coaching job um he he's been here for 5 years he's won stuff that the team has never won before um he did progress the team uh, I know a lot of people say they don't have an identity, but I feel like he established something here that was sorely lacking from the previous coaching regimes. I, I think he did fine. Like, again, it's five years. What coaches last for five years unless your name is Ferguson or Wenger or whoever is out, out there in Europe? It doesn't happen that often. So I, I think he did well. I think he'll. I'll, I think he's no doubt going to get a good job I think you might even, tr- why not go for an assistant job with a top manager yeah. and then you can learn a little bit and then take a really good job. Well, we'll, we'll look at his prospects yeah, in, in part two, but I mean, Zach, I, I think do you the- think he has tarnished his brand? No. <laughs> Words you know I hate. <laughs> I, I would disagree with your the word you use in terms of downfall because, again, I think that's being kind of myopic and looking at it from a Vancouver-only perspective. I think Steve kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of, the, the many positives of, of his time here. And uh, like we've spoken about on previous shows, whenever his time was going to end in Vancouver, he was never going to have a problem uh, having opportunities elsewhere. No. Like we, we were talking about, uh, in uh, like I think it was after the second or third season, that we were thinking, how long is he going to stay here? He's going to move on from yeah. somewhere. So maybe even if he hadn't been released, um, he might have at the end of the year decided to go on, just move on at that time. I think it's very much 50-50 that he would have gone off. The other thing, when you when you go back and you listen to his own words from the very beginning of this, he when he was hired as, as, the, as the, the manager, he said, my plan was to do about seven years as an assistant coach. Yes. So that time has now basically come to an end. He's done seven years and almost seven full years in Vancouver. So I think he's had more experience than he thought he would in that seven years. And I think... As difficult as things are in in the ending or in the last season or so, 
uh, some for some people. Um, I think that he's a, even further ahead than where he, he kind of probably planned or thought he would be. Well, the decision was made on Monday. It was made by management. Official then, decision. Yeah, the official decision. Made by management. They then told ownership. So ownership weren't part of this procedure, if you, if you listen to some stuff that, that Bobby said during the week. Robo was then told round about 7.30 on Tuesday morning. The players learned about 9.15, 9.20. If I had woke up in time, I would have got a text <laughs> informing me that he had been sacked and I could have tweeted that out before the news broke. But hey, being a lazy bones, I, I missed that opportunity. That's nothing. I got up at 9.30 and didn't even, uh, for once... In a long time, I didn't turn open, on your phone? A, turn, open my computer or anything mm, like that. I, I just sh- left it. When I switched my phone on, when I it, woke it, up, it was going crazy. Yeah. It was like, something's happened. What time did you wake up? I didn't even uh, look. About 10 past 10. Oh, yeah. I didn't even look at my phone at all. And then when I saw it, I, I looked. At, I was looking through the Twitter and everything like that. I didn't see anything you tweeted. I go, what, does Michael even know what's going on? And I thought, because you went to Bellingham the day before. I ended up not going. Oh, okay, but I thought you, had, you never yeah. told me that. <laughs> And then I thought you'd stayed overnight there, so you obviously your phone's <laughs> going to be off there completely. So I had to get up and out very quickly when I then saw the email there was media availability at eleven thirty, and it's like okay. But um, you, you made it. To, I I got a message. I'm just going to check the the time here. I got a message. At, this might throw off your time a little bit. Here it is. Nine uh, thirteen. Yeah. So nine thirteen. The I got I got a message from a former Whitecap saying yeah. they'd heard they'd heard the news. They heard the news, and then. Then you, you texted me, and that yeah. would have been the text I would have got, yeah. but it didn't work out that way. And then I got an email because the Bobby and Rachel messaged the supporters to give them a little bit, a few a few moments of heads up. Which I actually think was is no, quite I, a nice thing to do. I, I think, yeah. Now, we gave our thoughts on the midweek show about it, Zach, and I know you've got a good relationship with Robo, so we'll give you a few minutes just to kind of share, share your thoughts on the sacking. Was it the right time? What kind of legacy is Robo going to leave behind? Three minutes, you're on the clock. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I've appreciated Carl Robinson uh, and his time and his contributions to the, to the Whitecaps Football Club. I think, Steve, you, you said it really well a few moments ago in terms of you can't help but look at uh, how th- a number of things have progressed in terms of you know the number of records he was a uh, oversaw right in terms of points and uh, qualifying for the MLS Cup playoffs and uh, winning the Voyagers Cup and was involved in Cascadia Cup victories and 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 stuff like that. Uh, Concacaf Champions League semifinal was was huge. Uh, two campaigns in the Champions League as well. Yeah, the first the first two ever. Um, so yeah, he, he's con- and then overseeing things in terms of the transition. Uh, being um, having a voice into things like the training center and all that kind of stuff, uh, I think his contributions to the football club are are significant. And although um, the last year, this last season, I think has been been more difficult uh, than uh, than than probably the others. Uh, I think uh, I think you, it's I think it's a bit unfair to look back on his time in Vancouver as being all doom and gloom or all negative. So I I tend to view it as as being positive, and I I think I know I think we maybe talked about this a couple weeks ago. I, some for some people, there's been this uh, there's been this 
kind of perception of he, he doesn't connect well with supporters and the fans and whatever. Which I have always found strange. Yeah, because now I, I think it's completely false. Yeah, because you have now you have a bunch of people now are saying, "Oh, thanks for that time you mm-hmm. stopped and took that picture with my kid," or did all, like for I mean. Obviously, in going to training and hanging and hanging out and like just building relationships with people, obviously you, things happen. But like I, I mean, I'll never forget the, the first time I had a more. Well, I'll never forget the first time I met Carl Robinson and I talked to him about it. Actually, this this last Sunday, uh, even before this happened and before it was, the, the timing of this was known or whatever, I still I remember at Carl Robinson on the concourse at Swangard Stadium. Back, uh, back when the, the Whitecaps were uh, defeating TFC in the Voyagers Cup, I remember we were had been hanging out in the state and you know in the South End and whatever for a while, connecting with players and people, and then walking. The TFC bus was there, and the players were getting on the bus, and I knew who he was. I didn't know a, a lot about him, but I knew who he was, obviously. And so I remember him getting on the bus and just or walking to the bus, and I remember just stopping him and say, "Hey, Carl, thanks for you know thanks for the game today. Hard luck on the result or whatever because we'd beaten them." And yeah, I think he. Kind that's the only reason he went up to him because we won. He, no, I would have gone up to him if we oh, lost. Okay. No, no big. I just said, you know, shook his hand and said, you know, thanks for, uh, you know, thanks for the game today, whatever kind of kind of kind of gesture or whatever. But every time, every time since then, I, I still remember. Um, uh, I remember times like at, at places at Percy at Percy Perry, seeing him come to watch games at Percy Perry, uh, and we'd go and watch the residency as totally. well, which is not something I saw Martin Rainey. I mean, he probably did, but just any residency game I was at, I never saw Martin yeah. Rainey at them. For me, for me, one of the things he did, and I think it was part of his job, maybe it's not job, but one mm-hmm. of the things he did as an assistant. But for me, one of the the big moments was connecting with him when we were trying to do a, a uh, we were trying to do a display, and we were trying to do a display that required us knowing the starting eleven. And he's the only person who could control that. <laughs> and so going to him and saying, look, this is what we're trying to do. Are you able to help us? And him saying, and it was it was not a Curva Collective thing. It was a Curva Collective with the South Side thing. And so going to him and saying, are you able to help us with this? And he is, he said, you know, as far as I'm able to, I, I can. And so I remember the night before connecting and getting, you know, here's the starting lineup. Providing, provide. I think it was Betasure. I think providing Betasure, he had a bug or he had a niggle or whatever. So providing Betasure didn't something didn't happen to him. This is the starting eleven for the for the next day, which then was a part of the display, the the art the art of football display. But then you know to talking to him about things like. He helped us, you know, do a little promo for our scarf, you know, our Voyager's Cup scarf and like all kinds of stuff. He came to, we would just say, hey, we're doing this pub gathering. Do you want to come and hang out? And he said, yeah, let me know when and where and I'll come and hang Like He was always very accessible, I always felt, um, and and good at building the relationship. I know others feel differently and that's okay too. But uh, no, his time here in general, I do think. Do you think he's going to be looked back though on favorably? Like is his legacy, uh, just now, he, he had lost a lot of the fan base. I mean. Right. In the moment, yes, I think people have. There are a lot. Of, it seems like there are a number of people with negative feelings and perspective, and and that's that's the thing. Just because I appreciate Carl Robinson doesn't mean I, I I agreed with every tactical approach, every decision, every substitution, every player brought in. That does, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I can appreciate his contributions, and I, I, I think and I think in, in general they're positive. They will, yeah, they will look back, and I, I'm I'm sad to see him go because we had a good relationship over the years. He always had time. To, to speak to us, take part in our stupid segments that we do. He always spoke to us every pre-season. Five annual pre-season, off-season chats we had for like at least half an hour on the record and then a lot more off. So I think he did well here. We'll talk about his prospects in the next part. I'm sad to see Gordon Forrest go as well. Yeah. Yep. He's Fife man, obviously. But I mean, that aside, he's, he had done so much for the club and... The young guys that he's helped bring through speak so highly of him. 
And yeah, I was hoping he might hang on, but it makes sense that he had to go because yeah. you want a new. Do we know? Was that more his decision? Did they say? Hey, I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, no, but he was it, it signed for. S- he was still signed for a couple of years. Yeah, too, it did sign though that it was going to just be a, a fl- yeah. fresh. And I don't think he would have. He would have stayed anyway. I, I, yeah, I remember. He, I remember connecting with him when he was a residency guy, and just being and having some good conversations yeah. with him then. Other than, um, and I'm going to screw up his name again, Richard uh, uh, Yeah, uh, I, he helped me the first year when I when I started talking about residency. I think we did that big. Uh, that was the first time we did residency week. But other than him, and he, it was only one time with him. Gordon Forrest over the years helped me so much understand how the technical and the residency worked and everything like that. How it all like grew together. So he was a big help. Yeah, it was a good link between the the now academy, as it's branded, and and the first team. So it's sad to see them go. Genuinely not sad to see Martin Pert and Stuart Kerr go. <laughs> Martin Pert is. Uh, I, I feel like I got to know Martin Pert probably best by listening to him talk to Perry on the on the little on the sideline uh, yeah, thing, yeah, where he talked forever and ever about amazing things. Always struck me as kind of like a grumpy Frank Skinner, who you might not know, he's an English comedian, but. Three lines guy. Yeah, he kind of had that look. If you didn't like, if you didn't know him or whatever, yeah. Sometimes I think he was a hard, hard nut to crack, or yeah, he, very hard person to read. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love my th- my favorite thing about Martin Pert is you'd come and he he would do laps like before and after training. Oh, like, yeah, he was a fit guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he would just be running and running and running. He kind of made some of the players. But he used look to train uh, Dylan Field. Yes. He would do laps afterwards. But gonna tell a story now that I've been dying to tell since April. Basically, long-time listeners may remember this, but way back in April, we, we received a question from one of our listeners, Matic, asking us um, who could come in and take over from Carl Robinson with the budget that he's got and do better. So we debated that on the show. We like to debate our listeners' questions, as as you know. We take them on Twitter, emails, comments on, on the site. And as, so, as we normally say, we don't, we're not... Uh, asking for Carl Robinson yeah. to be fired. Well, Nobody was. At the end of it, we came out and said, right now, I don't think there's anyone that could come in yeah. on the budget he's yeah. got and do better than Carl. So we're very favourable in yeah. Carl. Yeah. Somehow, Stuart Kerr and Martin Pert got the wrong end of the stick with that. It was, your, it was your tweet. Yes. Yeah. They they misunderstood the tweet because they didn't listen to the show. Yeah. So they thought we were calling for Robbo's head, told the rest of the management team, who were then very pissed off with... with us at AFTN, uh, Martin Pert then had a go Mostly at me, you. or tried to have a go at me at training, and then I had a go back, pointing out, have you listened to it? No. Have you listened to it? No. Maybe you should listen to it then, yeah. Martin. So, I have to say that our relationship, well, at least my relationship with the management team, was a bit strained after that for the rest of the year, but not Robbo, because we sat down and we had it out. Yeah. And credit to that, Pert and Kerr blanked me the rest of this season, just would not mm. talk to me. And it's like and you speak the same language as yeah, Kurt. but that's how petty they are <clears throat> and how thin-skinned they are. These are guys that are over from the UK. If they were coaching in the UK, a mild little segment on a radio show, which ultimately backs the the management team, compared to the abuse that they would be getting over in the UK, these guys should never go back and manage in the UK because they're not going to be able to handle it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just remember I remember when this was all happening. I just remember... So yeah, I just went to Robbo and said, well, hey... Well, you had to play peacekeeper. Yeah, well, I, was, I, I was fuming. I, well, I just went to Robbo and just said, hey, do you... Do, I didn't say, did you have you listened to it? I said, do you know the context? Because this was not... Yeah, and he didn't, because when I spoke and, to no, him as he well, didn't. he no, didn't. No, he, he didn't. So I tried to just... I said, to, hey, can I just explain the context to you? Because... 
yeah, it was engaging with what people were talking about in, in you know, in, in response to the show. And they, and they must have known as well that people were talking about that. And it's like, this was back in April. and th- That's why I got under their skin. Yeah, possibly. I mean, th- th- just a quick question. The timing now, I mean, it does seem a little bit weird, but it does make sense because it gives them way more time to plan for next season. We talked about it in the last couple of shows, even last week's show. I was concerned that having a lame duck manager for the rest of the season prevents making player decisions, maybe getting the coach you want, etc., etc. But... Should he have gone, we talked about him possibly going April or May. If there was going to be a coaching change, was that the time to make it, to try and save the season? I know hindsight's a great thing, but... I, I don't know who you would have brought in. Yeah, that would, to, be, that uh, would be the to, thing. To do it. And then were you going to commit to that person long term? Um, like, I, I honestly don't think, and no offense to him, I don't think if you brought in Craig Dalrymple at that time, I don't think he would have made a difference at no, all. No, not at all. Um, so you would have had to make some major change. And then on top of that, you would have had to give the player, sorry, the player, the coach a budget to make some changes in the transfer window. Yeah. And I don't think they were willing to do that. That's why there's no, no. point bringing it. Well, see, that, that, that was my, my thinking about doing it earlier because he would have then had, a, whoever was there would have had a budget in the summer transfer window. And we kind of speculated, have they not given Robo a budget because they know he's going to be out and they want, the new guy yeah. to spend money, so they don't oh, want Robo bringing. That's in definitely part of their plan. Yeah, absolutely part. But, but the problem was this goes back to this goes back to the last year's off season when the money the money that they were spending the the one point seven eight ish that they were spending on uh, on on the Colombian Freddie Montero. Yeah. Oh, uh, he said the name. <laughs> He's not here anymore. He's had some difficult things in his life. We I wish he was. Imagine him and Kamara up But front. the money they were spending on Freddie Montero, basically, they it was decided that it needed to be spread over like three yes. or four players, right? Yep. And That's so... Why we got Effie Juarez. Yeah, I think so. And so, so I think the April doesn't really work because there were so many more moving parts that you it would be, I think... And even if there was thoughts of that in April of, of on the management side, um, I think they were probably would have said, look, we brought in all like, – we made the biggest – I think the most amount of changes to our roster in the MLS era. So we need to give them time to gel to work this out. I, yeah. So I, I think April, May was okay for fans and supporters and whatever to have you know have concerns. But I think there was no, never a chance ever that this would have happened then. Probably not. But – the province ran an article this week. Um, for a, a lot of us, there was nothing new in it, but for the masses, like people that's not connected with the club, I don't mean that dismissively, but no. for the masses, that will have been a lot of information that they didn't know well, there about was, Breck Shea's contract. Well, there was and, some information that uh, Zach had revealed earlier, uh, a lot earlier, that some former uh, Whitecaps journalists didn't know about what was going on. Obviously, Mark Weber does not listen to the oh, show. We've, no, Weber knows. Weber knows. Oh, he knew? Yeah, he oh, okay. Knew. He was just playing. Okay. I'm, yeah. sh- I'm sure okay. Weber knows. Oh, okay. Yes. He was just playing along. Yeah. Playing along. But it, it kind of shows the clear breakdown, though, in the relationship between the front office and Robo's management team. Bobby said on Tuesday that nothing had been done yet to get a replacement because they already had a manager in place. Now, I, d- okay. I don't want to call Bobby... A liar. I think he picked his words carefully, but okay. There was clearly like just before you say something. A friend of mine actually got a phone, one of these phone calls from the ticket folk, right. telling them because we'd heard all the rumours yeah. that they were being told 
that, oh, there's going to be a new set of players and a new coach. Well, my friend got that call. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they were clearly telling people there was going to be a new coach. They knew there was going to be a yeah. new coach. Yeah. So to stand up there and say, well, we've not done any plans, that would then be foolish. Yeah. If you know you're getting a new coach, but you haven't done any yeah. plans. So, okay, I just want to different, differentiate a little bit. So I don't agree with the approach. But you can understand why Bobby would say that. Oh, yeah, he has he, to he, say yeah, that. Yeah, he has to say yeah. that, one, because you can't tap people up. Yes. Two, you also, in one sense, want to show respect to the outgoing manager, or maybe not. Um, but it's one of those things. It's like when they got asked, oh, are you guys trying to sell sell the club previously? Yes. And we've heard, for sure, they were. Mm-hmm. For sure. But you can't, when you're trying to sell something, you can't tell the world, we're trying to sell this thing, because then you devalue it. Yes. So you have to say, no, 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 it's going to our kids and yeah. our grandkids, whatever. No, we're not selling Alfonso what I, what I, What I had bigger problems. Yeah, he's going to our grandkids. What I had bigger <laughs> problems with in that, that, the, that interview on Tuesday, uh, or that Bobby said, sorry, later in the, the interview with Sportsnet, which I, I know you'll get to in a moment, yeah. but was, was, so those things you can understand in one sense. But on that, on the other thing you can understand is when he basically said, oh, Robbo knew all the clauses. Basically, he said, Robbo knew the clauses in Breck Shea's contract. He knew what was going to happen if this happened. That, he was totally misrepresenting the truth. And he was totally I, I trying. I blame both folk, though, because the management and the front office should know inside and out that whole thing about Breck Shea. Right, but there's a person who's responsible for the contract, yes. and they're responsible to tell the manager what's going on so they know, so they can play them as much as they want well, or we're, whatever. We're going to talk about yeah. him in part two because yeah, we've got sorry. an interesting tweet I want, want to cover. But so so there's some things there where, yeah, they're obviously not speaking yeah. the fullness but of the truth. Bobby Sportsnet interview was interesting in a number of things. We won't go into what Well, what the, TSN, talked, the TSN one was like a, a softball. Interviews, yes, big time. It was it was better than they normally do. Yeah, yeah, but it was Sportsnet still soft. grilled him. Yeah, he didn't say much in reply. Well, but they, but that, they, but they, they got a lot of questions from the yes. elicited uh, yeah. some questions. Well, when too. they when they actually said, how do you, how do you still have a job? <laughs> how do you still yeah. have a job? It was like, well, Jay Janowar basically asked in the scrum, was the wrong person sacked, or folk are saying it was the wrong person sacked. But is this a sign then that? the mainstream media guys are kind of turning a, a little bit against the front office, or not so much turning, but their easy ride is over, and they're starting to ask these difficult questions, which I think is fantastic. Well, it, it, it's a little bit interesting to see when you go... Now, usually I wouldn't suggest anyone read comments on, on social media posts or whatever, um, unless you are a sucker for pain and hate, hatred and whatever. Um, yeah, dark place sometimes. But... um. It's been really in, in in this last week. I've gone and read some of the comments, and it's su- I was surprised at how many people are saying that this is not just a problem with the coaching staff at the Vancouver Whitecaps. There's a bigger problem higher mm-hmm. up in the club, well, and this is and they're not being egged on. And these are not just the people, the regular people in the supporter circles who know a lot about what's going on or been around. Like these are people, the average Joe fan. Kinda, no, no, and I can I can attest to that because the TSN morning show did a poll. Uh, who do you blame? The uh, yeah. the management, yeah, owners, yeah. Uh, players, or coach. Surprising. Carl Robinson was last. Yeah. yeah. But players, I think, were second last. Second last. And then ownership and, and then management of, was on, front yeah. office was yeah. on top of that. I voted point. for the players, but we will come to that. Yeah. And we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the AFTN podcast. So here we go, I want to tell you a story A few facts about a former glory 
story It's made a mind that I knew for ages And how things change in a series of stages It all started years ago Let me some facts until later, bro Okay, I can go with the vibe For everyone I smoke, she'd take another five I let it pass, cause I ain't bitter Besides, smoking less made me feel fitter So this deal went on for time Annoying, yes, but hardly a crime My mate Cal, he's a bit weird Then him 20 quid, then he disappeared He's the type that you can't forget I wish we'd never met Carl always lies, never does what he says We all thought it was just a phase Never had a job, no one's headhunting Asking for money, he thinks you're fronting Quick as a flash, he's at the back door Almost getting packed and he's borrowing more Constantly red-handed, got his own mandate Always smiling so he knows you're Goldie looking chain there with my mate Carol. Just to stress, not about Carol Robinson. No, he just because Carl was in the name of the title. I couldn't find another song with Carol in it. I knew they had one. I may have been holding on to this for months to play, (laughs) but yes, that was awful, Michael. It's not about it's not about Robo. I was going to ask them if they would write a song. Like when we meant to speak to them in last week's show, I was going to ask them, "Can you write a song about Robo for us?" Too late now. Oh, they stop. But for all, all you fans of Goldie Luke and Chain, got another one coming up in the next segment. All you fan of Goldie Luke and Chain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we kick this section off. Well, first of all, I should say you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. In this part, we're going to look a little bit at Robbo, what his future might be, coaching candidates. Now, Robbo's future now, does he stay in Major League Soccer. Will he be sought after as a, as a head coach? There's going to be a lot of vacancies. There's already San Jose. You have to feel Chicago. LA Galaxy is looking for someone. Orlando? Yeah. Well, they, they just they did take the Louisville coach in I, the summer. He's not been doing great with them. No. But um, could he be tempted to be an assistant under a higher profile coach? That's what... I, that- in in my my thing is like because he wanted to be an assistant like you said like I said for seven years, why not be an assistant if he can find a good match? Zinedine Zidane, possibly. Mm. No, but uh, does look, he speak French? I don't know. No, but I think like somebody with a pedigree that so and somebody who looks like they might get fired. <laughs> so then maybe he could just take over as a caretaker position. Wait, you are encouraging him to be a, like a Tommy Sullen? Yeah, because yeah. you get a good experience yeah. at a top club. Here, here's one to throw at you, TFC. Doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. I think Greg Vanny will go with that what? budget. I think he no. has to. Come on. Does Robbo go to you, TFC? You really think they're going to fire Greg Vanny? Yes. After winning the MLS, going to two, hosting two MLS Cup finals. Hello, winning, Caleb Porter. Winning one and and then going to the CONCACAF Champions League final? Yep. They're going to fire him. I think they will. They should. I would want him sacked. No, I don't think you're joking. I don't no. think they'll fire the Greg him. father. No, no, I don't think they'll fire him. No. Well, say the dead. Would Robo go there? Rub it into the Whitecaps. Return home. The team that brought him over to MLS. Possible. You have to feel that his Toronto media mates would be speaking very highly in their sycophantic way that they they've been doing, talking him up big. You don't think he would go to TFC? First, I think first he would off, in a second. I, I, actually, I didn't read the Christian Jack article. But the comparison of of wins and losses and draws to other coaches who've been doing for the same time is very interesting. Mm-hmm. When he's behind Peter Vermees by less than what, like three points a season, basically, it's kind of interesting. Do you think he w- he will want to rush back into management? 
I mean, I mean, there's been lots of jokes on on Twitter before this, and a couple of weeks ago at training, um, one of the guys said, "Oh, my wife really enjoyed watching you." And my wife really enjoyed watching you on TSN over the summer during the World Cup. Are you going to be doing more punditry? And they said, oh, yeah, that's going to be my next job, isn't it, Michael? Has Michael not told you that's what I'm going to be doing? Pretty soon as well, isn't it? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be pretty soon. Is he going to go and do TV punditry for the rest of the year? He's keeping a low... I've been told he's keeping a low profile just yeah. now. He's not going to do any interviews till the end of the season. Out well, of respect for the White Caps. Yeah, especially the coach, I think. Obviously, uh, Christian yeah. Jack will get that first interview. Yeah, But... Does he do TV punditry for the MLS playoffs? Why not? Let's him keep the kids in school here. Yeah, he goes for the weekend. Just travel for the weekend. Or the weekdays for the Champions League yeah. ones. Although they Maybe don't do have that. That's yeah, a like, long-term that is job. A, the other thing, you got to think, like his family's pretty settled here, right? They've been here seven yeah, years. Yeah, very, very much. But yeah. Yeah, I could see him doing more TV. Got an interesting tweet from our good friend Greg Petrie at Our Dumb World. He said, I think all managers make mistakes that they're unable to correct while in the current job. But smart managers take the time off to reflect on it. I'm sure Robinson will emerge from his time here as a stronger manager at his next position. And I think he will. I think he will look back at what he did here. Wherever he goes next, you have to think he is going to have a better budget as well. He has made a lot of contacts. No matter where he goes, there's going to be certain players, Martin Rennie-esque, that he might want to bring with him. Yeah. So Everybody has that, that their sense. favourites and stuff like that. Just be, before we get on to who might be the new coach, do we think that we might see any more changes this off-season at the front office? D- does Greg Anderson stay in his job? Do we maybe bring in a technical director? There's been some murmurs in the BC soccer community that people are thinking Bobby might even retire soon. Is He's this, 63 just now. Is this take the piss for him? Or no. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, he hasn't made it onto that. Um, but yeah, Bobby, he's been getting a, a lot of like attacks from, yeah. from various people. It, Might he just think, you know what, screw this, I'm just going to enjoy my retirement. 40th anniversary of the soccer ball would be a great season to bow out. You now also do one more year and then bow out? Or bow maybe out. even during it. Man. He, it, it is, I think his birthday's in May 64. He could be like that uh, Buffalo Bills player who quit at halftime. <laughs> I... I I don't see that I don't see that happening because the way they've set up the structure of uh, of everything, lots would crumble. <laughs> like it, 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 I I mean I think it would be best for the white for the, well, the white caps and uh, you know other people who know the inner workings better have been saying this for years now that it would be better for a different type of, of leadership and, and and vision within the within the organization. I've I've even heard other people talk about that now publicly. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I, I would be surprised if that happened, but I think it would ultimately be the best. And again, that's nothing personal. Like some people, I think sometimes they, they hear me say things and, yeah. they, and I, I don't have any ill will against Bobby as a, as a person. I just don't think he is the best person to be running the Vancouver Whitecaps at this time. My, but my, I also don't think he runs the Vancouver Whitecaps. Yeah, and I, I know we've been through all this. We won't yeah. rehash uh, my, it. But. My, my issue is that. I think there should be some changes at the top because, and I'm not even talking about Bobby. I'm talking about other people too, oh, because yeah. you got you got a team uh, or a club that attracts what twenty. Okay, on a really good day, twenty two thousand sold tickets. Whether the people show up or not, I don't know, but the people are in, uh, bought tickets. 
You can't tell me that if you're selling out the seats, 22,000, yeah, once in a while during the week, week you'll get a 15,000, 16,000, but mostly 20 to 22,000. You can't put a, you can't spend more money. You can't bring in more sponsorship money. There is an issue at the top where they're not taking advantage of what the crowd is there. So I think if As ownership- one of the top crowds in MLS. Yeah, if ownership is looking at this and saying, why are we, why can't we spend more money? Because we are bringing all this money through ticket sales. Yeah. There should be some changes. Where is all this money going to? Yeah. If you, you, I mean, if you're in the top third of attendance and you're in the bottom third of of spending on your roster, it is a concern. There's the, the, the other thing here, Steve, that I don't, maybe doesn't get talked about enough, but one of the, one of the things about is, was even more frustrating for me is that uh, my understanding of it, and so other people will, I'm sure, push back against this, but essentially what they do, it's a bit of the MLS shell game and all owners across the league do this, right? They, it's actually not a bad thing for your, your club to lose money. Okay. So, so with the, the money that, you know, the two to $3 million spent a year on the residency and the player salary and whatever, they all, I've heard it before from people within the front office that they are losing money. And and how that's a bad thing, or they don't, or they're not making enough money, or whatever. But that is only one piece of the overall MLS picture, because Greg Kerfoot, as an owner, is getting a huge check every year, especially in expansion years, from some. Oh yes, right, of course. And the thing is, though, they don't they don't say, oh okay, let's just use some fake numbers. They don't say. We lost five million dollars on the Whitecaps, but we made fifteen million dollars with some. And they Therefore, don't have to. They don't have the team. And, yeah. They don't even have to put that back into the team. Like no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It, that's where it's a whole MLS kind of pyramid scheme kind of thing. As and that's why yeah. that's why some is a bad thing. Yeah. Well, it, no, that, because that's the negative part of it. Yes. Yeah, because you can't show. Uh, you won't be able to show people what that you made that out of that. That goes into the owner's pocket because totally. the owners own some. We've got a, a tweet from Ronan T. Allen who says, if we've got time, which we do, we'll talk a little bit about it. We'll go to one o'clock. If we can outline the responsibilities that Greg Anderson has at the club, because <laughs> Bob Lenarduzzi's thrown his name around all week and he seems like he's responsible for a lot of the club, but Ronan doesn't actually really know who he is or what he's, what he's responsible for. He's the VP of Soccer Operations, so he handles all the contracts. He's the... The guy that knows all the ins and outs of everything in MLS's napkin rules and bits of paper. To be fair to him, whenever I've had to ask him something, he knows the rules inside and out. Yeah. Didn't ask him about Brick Shoes contract last year. But other things that we've asked him, he yeah. knows the rules inside and out. What should his responsibilities be? Essentially, it seems like that he's he's a, like a, a capologist or something like that. Um, and And he's basically there to put the numbers together see where they spend time where they can't spend time and basically see if things can work through mm. the cap that's all i can see i'm not sure if he negotiates contracts or not uh, maybe he's the person that puts the numbers together but somebody else finishes it off i don't know exactly well, I'm pretty, what he, he's supposed to be in, he's supposed to be involved with that right yes uh, yeah i mean there's some things here that maybe we'll wait to talk about at other times but um, I mean, like part of this whole thing with the the, a- the agency that has gone out there, right? Is that I think I think maybe I tweeted about this or whatever. But like, so there's people concerned about them wor- working with Bay so closely because Carl is connected there and Avid and yeah. whatever. My understanding is to aid 
uh, Greg, uh, Greg Anderson in his role. David Baldwin is actually a, a, like a paid consultant of the Whitecaps. And that's how that like so there so you have Greg who's responsible for this, but he's supported by this outside source, which we we should stress is not unusual in modern day football. And a lot of MLS clubs do it. Some clubs in England now, Wolves, Sheffield Wednesday, I know, are are teams that have started to to move towards that model as well. It just doesn't look great, right? When the guy that runs it was the best man at Carol Robinson's wedding, right? But my also my understanding, and this other people might push again push back on this, but my understanding of this is. Uh, that that for some people on the outside that'll look shady, but really like uh, like okay, so Baldwin's getting all this money from these. He's the middleman, or he's helping out, or whatever. My understanding is he doesn't receive money from the outside sources. He he gets a consultancy fee from the from the Whitecaps, mm. which is I think my understanding. I, I'm not clear on the details of this, but the the picture that I I see. I sort of see on this is that that's more of like a not a hey um, based on the player right. It's more like a you are a consultant. We pay you to be our consultant yeah. kind of thing. So it's not. It, I I'm a, I understand it to be not as shady as some people are trying to make yeah. it out to be. So a new but, coach is obviously coming in. I I don't want to see a rushed decision in this. They might end up having to make one if they're forced to get the guy that they want. They've said it's going to be a global search now. Are they just saying that? Is it is it going to just be the usual suspects? We'll, we'll, well look I over a I few. I don't think they're going to be like they're they're going to be looking. I think by global search, they're saying that the people are going to be sending in their resumes from all over the world, and then they'll identify who's the best. Jose Mourinho might not be here for much longer. So is he, where's he going? Is he dying here? Oh, he's coming. He here. said he might not be here for much longer. Oh, that'd be horrendous oh, okay. if he brought him here. I yeah, love that's, him. That's never. It'd be good. great to chat to him. You never brought a chance getting Zizu. Respect. <laughs> three, three to two. Do, do we need to look to out with the incest that is an MLS, where it's the same names that's always mentioned? And well, it's, I thought you were going to talk about the Whitecaps. <laughs> getting the, the jobs and we need some maybe fresh ideas and fresh blood. A lot of the clubs that's done well of late, Atlanta, as a great example this year, you're bringing in somebody new to the league. Is MLS really that hard a league for foreign coaches to come into it, anymore? Okay, make Mikhail Stara obviously no. struggled, but but I think that was more the the way the team was made up. Yeah, and so that was what I was going to say. So long ago, people realized that coaches is a is a one of the ways that, as far as I know, unless it's changed, MLS doesn't care about parity. And so you can invest as much as you want into a coach. Mm. That's why Tata Martino is in Atlanta because they're paying him cra- crazy good money. That's why City Football Group was able to bring in uh, Patrick Vieira because they're able to pay him whatever they want, right? There's no salary budget for that, right? So in theory, yes, th- uh, you you can you could bring in a difference maker as a coach uh, if you're willing to pay for it. However, uh He's we, not the guy in the pitch doing the business, and well, and we know that the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, have shown a, uh, there hasn't been a willingness to invest in in high and higher and higher priced talent on the field, and I, I don't ever, I can't see them doing that off the field. I, I also I do question like just whether that's even value for money bringing in a, a high profile coach. I, well, ask Atlanta, ask New York City FC. Yeah, I, I remember speaking to Owen Coyle. Maybe not a great example, no, but I remember speaking to Owen Coyle. That's not Coyle, a comparable example said, of those you look two. at the English Premiership, you could have the top 20 coaches in the world. Someone still is going to finish bottom. But they don't have the top 20 coaches in the world. In the, in the no, Premier but I'm just League. like giving that as an yeah. example. So who, who, well, not who, what would be your ideal coach? What would your ideal coach look like? What 
What would he bring to the job in terms of ideas, philosophy? A lot of folk are saying the Whitecaps don't have an identity. What would you like this coach to, to kind of bring? Obviously, youth management or youth players or youth development is going to be a focus, but do you want to see an attack-minded guy? I, 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 I want to see a coach that's not set in his ways, that's flexible. Hmm. Not, well, it identifies when it's good to attack, maybe when it's good to sit back and bring new kind of ideas to the to the table and and but still have a respect for how it's done in the past or like it's just somebody who's flexible so two things i think before i kind of give a kind of answer like steve would do which is a great one uh one michael is i think as a football club you don't want i don't think it's healthy for your identity to be, to be tied into a coach or a new coach coming in setting an identity i think you as a football club have to have an have to have an identity, and then you bring and, in the coach. Bring in a coach that that, yep. know, that knows that yep. Yep. Very, and can work can point. work within that, yep. and that's something that is sorely lacking uh, with the Vancouver Whitecaps, especially in the MLS era and arguably before it as well. Uh, or like in so, I want an eighty sixers identity the way they played yeah. back then. There you go. Um, even though even though they continue to espouse to be like a club like Ajax, for example, mm. but they, I don't think they understand what Ajax really is. Um, that's one thing. The second thing is, and and I'll try. Maybe hopefully this is the only time I have to we have to talk about this in this episode. But if you're not going to have three true designated players, I think that that hinders in whatever coach is going to come in. And so I think that's going to limit your options at coach because coaches are going to know. They're going to ask the question. They're going to know from other people. The football world is not is not as. Uh, uh, it's easy to find out about clubs oh, and how yeah. they operate and all very, that kind of, all, all that kind so. of stuff. So if you're not going to have three. You know, one point five or or more million dollar players. I I think you're gonna limit who you can bring on as a coach and how you know. Yeah, and, and I, so, I do think though everyone is expecting, rightly or wrongly, that the Whitecaps will have three designated players next right. year with and the Fonzie so, money. And so any coach that is going to be talking to the Whitecaps about this is going to be sent. If I, it, 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 it anyone who understands how the league functions. Yeah, will has to be asking that question in their interviewing with the, with the Whitecaps in their yes. conversation with the Whitecaps but because I because mean, one of the things about Carl Robinson is I really would have liked to have seen because I know a lot of people rip on him for his tactics and his approach and his style whatever I would really have liked to have seen Carl Robinson be able to have three players like that yeah and see what would have happened if if we get a chance to sit down with Robo one of the questions I do want to ask him which I'm sure everyone that sits down with him is going to want to ask him is how disappointed are you that you didn't then get to have this Fonzie money to spend because you've had no yeah. real budget like that? And you're but one that, of the people that, who helped that you, bring it to, in, yeah. 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 That budget is surely going to make Vancouver an attractive pr- proposition to new coaches. So we'll, we'll kind of have a... We'll go through this pretty quickly, but we'll we'll have a look at some of the, the candidates. Now, obviously, Mark DeSantos is the name... We put it out there back in, in April when we had that discussion about who could come in and take over from Robo. He's the overriding favourite to, to come here. For anyone that doesn't know about him, if you don't by now, I'm surprised, but he's 41, so he's a young coach. He's Canadian. He's a proven winner. He won a USL Championship in 2009 with Montreal. 2015 NASL Coach of the Year and Soccer Bowl runner-up with Ottawa. 2016 USL Western Conference Champs and overall runners-up in the USL Championship with Swope Park Rangers. 2017... NASL champion with San Francisco Deltas in their one and only year. He speaks four languages. He's worked at Chelsea. He's worked at Porto. 
He's got MLS experience under Peter Vermees in Kansas City. He's now the assistant under Bob Bradley at LAFC, who's having an excellent season. I I remember speaking to him at Swope Park, and I asked him about the relationship he had with Peter Vermees, and he said their offices were beside each other, so they chatted all the time, and they made the the proper integration from those two well, teams back and, and forward, and you, which Pete, he didn't quite have here. And Peter Vermees, uh, whatever you think about him, and his record only being marginally better than Carl Robinson's over the last five years, uh, on the culture side of the club, they've got a lot of things right in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I mean, their name is terrible, but yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is, always but, but the thing is that with them is they. Uh, I remember in the off season, um, the man, the ownership made a big deal that they were going to bring in high end players for Peter Vermees because he mm-hmm. was the previous season he was playing. With uh, yeah. you know, also Rands, and then they sold Dom Dwyer before the playoffs yeah. start uh, started last year. Yeah, so it kind of put it behind him. So but, they said they were going to. Well, but in Kansas City, the the I, I don't think their spending is crazy high in terms of salaries. No, but they have shown a willingness to invest in transfer fees. Yes, yes, which is something to be. And they and they have invested the, well. Mark DeSantos, Mark DeSantos. Uh, it's my perspective on Mark DeSantos. I I rate him very highly. I think he is a good coach. I think he's going to do great wherever he, he's a head coach again. I hope one day he's involved with the national team yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Um, however, and, and, and I've really enjoyed my uh, brief conversations with him over the years uh, at Swangard, at BC Place, but I, I, really don't, I really don't want him to. To, to come to come here to be the coach, and it just it, this is just a, mm. a, it's tied into the six one, like uh-huh. you, you know, and and and, and as uh, are you going to refer to him as the Canadian? No, no, no. <laughs> um, but he because uh, every time I see him, he comes. Every time I see him, he he said that before he says it, he's like. I was just trying to do what was best for my club. <laughs> and so I think he would, if he came here, I think that would be the first thing he'd say. But I. I did pr- hear this week, though, that one of his coaching staff has been making inquiries about places yes, to I live in Vancouver and yeah. what's near transit and stuff like that for what that's worth. And the question is, is would he want to come here, too? You never know if yeah. he does because there are a lot of options out there. But the Fonzie money could make things attractive. Oh, for, so, I, oh, I think that makes it attractive for all coaches yeah. that want to come well, here. We'll, we'll rattle through a few. Sure. Now, a name. Worryingly, I have to say that two people this week in the last couple of days have said that he is more the front runner than DeSantis just now. Is Caleb Porter? No, he's not doing anything. He knows MLS. He's, he's looking good for, with young players. He's looking for handshakes. He seemed to leave Portland under a bit of a cloud, so he there might even be a. I think he's he in Germany to, right now. Might want to stick it to them, and so would fans would fans accept him here? I I would. I I'm not going to accept him at all. Um, it's a different kind of thing than De- DeSantis, but I too actually, I really actually, I kind of he's a nice guy. Um, he's he's done it in MLS as well. Yeah. He's had success. So I, and he, he got fired two years after. Like doing De- it. like DeSantis, like, I, like DeSantis, I don't want him to go to Vancouver. But I, uh, you would I, welcome him if he was here. I, I, if he was would, the appointment, it would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. We kind of talked about this before, Jason Christ, superstar. Like, He's lost his flavor, he, hasn't he? He he was he was interviewed last time, right? Wasn't he? No, no there were no, rumors. No. He wasn't the five? No, 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 he he was rumored that they were interested in him, but he ended up going right away to New York City. But his his star has waned. But here's oh, the thing: because he because he, those two expansion teams, he coached yeah. both of them in the same year. Did, they, they did, well. He did poorly at both those yeah. clubs. He's You're a right. two point manager. I mean, he's a three point manager. No, but that's the thing: <laughs> is he no like when he was at Salt Lake? 
There, there were they weren't splashing cash. No, that's that's he that did a lot with little. Would, to, this to this, yeah. front, this front office and ownership, yeah, it might look very I, good. I want to throw this one in the mix. Just looking at an existing MLS coach, and it's the, maybe the only other one that I think could be a possibility. Greg Berhalter, comparable record, comparable record. Columbus may not exist next year. He might not want to go to Austin, or they might want a fresh start. Who wouldn't want to go to might Austin? Might want a new though. challenge. Austin's a nice city. He's he's sporting director though, as well as head coach. He's been there the month before Robo, November twenty thirteen. I, I don't think Kai would maybe be too <laughs> happy would, to see him come that here. That would be awkward. Yeah. yeah, so we might lose Kai. But what do you think they're bringing Iguain too? Then, oh, maybe. <laughs> no, they're not bringing Iguain. If if you look around USL, because that's kind of seen as maybe a potential breeding ground no. for for coaches. There's Martin Rennie no, at Indy Eleven. I hear he's an up and coming young coach. Bob Lilly from Pittsburgh Riverhounds. They're doing well he, this year. You, yeah, left, he you, you left off Koch, even though we know what he's doing. Yeah, he's not going to come here. No. Former Colorado Rapids boss Gary Smith no, is with Nashville. We don't have to, don't, he was interviewed yeah. before. We don't have to talk about yeah, that Yeah, he's staying with Nashville. Yeah. They're going to bring him up with him. Yeah, I would think so. John Hackworth, he's no, got MLS no, experience. No, 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 no. With Louisville. No, no, no. Not no, doing no, very no. well with him either. Um, look at some of the names then that's linked with San Jose, apart from DeSantis. You've got Guillermo Barros uh, Skeleto. <laughs> Steve, is that you? <laughs> Ajax and Dortmund's boss, Peter Boss. Peter Bosch. Boss. I hope he doesn't go. Um, I think like wage demands for both no, those guys yeah. is probably going to be too high anyway. Peter um, Bosch's time at Dortmund was bad. Yeah, he hasn't won anything, yeah. and he hasn't coached since December last year. But then Marvin Emnes hasn't played since December <laughs> last year, and we took him. Uh, now, I'm intrigued by Stanford's Jeremy Gunn. Yeah, I think the, I, th- I don't think he's going to come here either. I think if he goes anywhere, he goes to San Probably, yeah. but... I'd like him. He's kind of my... For all these names, he's like my second favourite choice after DeSantis. He's Stanford's coach. He's won the no, College Cup three years in a row with Stanford. And yeah. that is... That's rare to do, have that level of success with an can, ever-changing team. Can you see a guy, though, who runs a program like Stanford, which is, from my understanding, the the it, one of, if not the best in the, the United pinnacle. States. Yeah. yeah. Can you see him where he probably has... Incredible control. Like when you oh, think yeah, of when yeah. you think of college programs and the, and the the money they can pay their coaches and all the the craziest that happens in, in the world. And I know f- soccer is less than f- than pigskin there and whatever. But like, I cannot see a guy like that saying, "Oh yeah, I'll go to a place where I don't have full control." Yeah, or, that that is the problem. Like for the likes of Bearholter as well, because he's, yeah. he's got that control just now. I just. I I wouldn't be averse to looking at a top coach from the college ranks because. They are good, and they always deal with young players. And it would fit the 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 ownership, the football committee, and ownership's mo. Bring in someone with little MLS experience who, it's if they do well, you look great. If they do bad, then you okay, you move on to the next one. I mean, it could be a left field someone out of the left field manager. It could be someone from the UK. I think we might no, finish with that. our UK experiment. I think they might be avoiding UK folk for a while. Maybe someone from South America, if we are still going to try and go to that South American well. But just before we wrap this segment up, quick yes or no, do you think we see an appointment before the end of the current season? So basically in October, or is it going to be in in our off-season? I think it's by the end of November. It'll be when the Galaxy get eliminated. Oh, sorry, LAFC get eliminated. Can we make proper decisions, though, about the squad without this coach? Because we might want to release somebody that's, like, say, Felipe, and he's like, "No, I want Felipe to be a yeah." That's part right. Of the future. No, no, that's no I, I think I think I think they will uh, have something ready to go. Um, if 
I think they will get get permission to talk to DeSantos. And if he says no or yes or whatever, if he says yes, I think he could still manage, uh, give an idea of what he, who he wants to keep and who he doesn't, uh, and still be able to. Co- I think oh, Bob yeah, Bradley will be definitely. Bob Bradley will let him do that if that's the case. Yeah, that wouldn't be an issue at all. Yeah, no, I think it. It'll, that's why I said November because it's before the the the. Sorry, I think it's in November when they begin to do the taking the mm. options. Yeah, not taking so they the have options. a better time. Yeah. Anyway, that's. All the chat about that that I think we're going to have for tonight's show. We're going to be back in part three by looking at the other big thing that's happened this week. The Whitecaps played a match. And we'll be back to talk about that after this. Hello, it's Kai Kumar and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I've been going golfing nuts. Let's all go to the Ryder Cup. I went down cash converters for the second and goods. Cause if I try hard enough, I'll be the next Tiger Woods. This goes out to Jimmy Tapper, Bobby Lock and the greats. I really wish Ian Woods and them was one of my mates. I got my dad's Pringle jumper, so that's a start. I just need a nine iron and a fat golf cart. I'm good with the ladies, I can chat. Goldie Luke and Shane, the Ryder Cup song from 2010. I was glued to the TV the last three days. I love the Ryder Cup. Steve, is that two inappropriate songs in a row? No. Was that inappropriate? It was just Ryder Cup. No, that was a fantastic song. I Mm. love that song because I was watching the Ryder Cup too. Because I li- always like seeing wait, America wait, lose. Yes. Wait, what about your... You, there's no wrestling for you guys to watch this weekend? Oh, yeah. There oh, was. yeah. There's Death Before Dishonor, oh. Ring of Honor. Oh, what an ending that was. I don't tell me. Oh. 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 <laughs> oh. Nearly a spoiler there. Anyway. We, we, we managed not to spoil the Voyager's Cup. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. The Ryder Cup is my favourite sporting event to watch on TV. You're going to find this stunning. I like watching the Ryder Cup more than the World Cup. Mainly because Scotland's never in the World Cup. But I can cheer on someone in the Ryder Cup. I, I just find it more of a spectacle. It, it's it's the best sport in theatre for TV out there, I think. Just because things can change so quickly and it's just so dramatic. And with that, Michael lost all his credibility to all his football <laughs> listeners. Did you not see any of the Ryder Cup this weekend? I watched, um, yeah, none of the Ryder Cup. You didn't see Tommy Fleetwood's beautiful flowing locks. I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, English golfer. No, sorry. Hmm. He lost today, though. I spent yeah. time with my. I spent time with my family this weekend. It, it's the last Ryder Cup before Brexit. I went to ice hockey today with my son. Oh, yeah. The, Vancouver Giants. I could have played Super Furry Animals ice hockey here if I'd known Did that. you get any uh, souvenirs from there? Yeah, we did the whole, like his, the, they brought to his school. <laughs> like his, and then they get, yeah, they went, we went skating on the ice after with the team. Oh, it's a big win or something. I heard a headline that they won big or something. But it was, uh, they scored like in the last minute to equalize and then they won in a shootout. Ah. Yeah. Ice hockey, it was, yeah. it was the only fight. There was no fight on the ice. The only fight was between two kids on the bus on the way home. It was crazy. Good times, yeah. Did be, did you play them some football violence, no, some hockey no, violence no, music to no. go with it? Of course, we're we're just like procrastinating because we don't want to talk about the LA Galaxy game from from Saturday. Oh man! 
we, we did, Ryan McLeod asked us, can we talk about wrestling or anything else? And I said we'd talk about Ryder Cup. So we've done that. Well, well the game was on. I was building Lego with my, with my son. I'm and pretty my, sure that was way more my wife and my, my wife and daughter were making crafts for a craft fair at the school. Yeah, it was, my, my wife was just reading a book during it. And at one point, just midway through the second half, she's like, is this game not finished yet? It feels like it's been on for three hours. I'm like, tell me about it. You're not even watching it. But what's the first chance we got to see a Craig Dalrymple Whitecaps first team? We wanted to know what it would look like. He made three changes. I was a little bit surprised because he tried some things on Wednesday that I thought looked really exciting. Martin Emnes was in, as an example. Fonzie was getting played through the middle a couple of times. There was a back four of Sean Franklin and Waston and Aha and, and De Jong. And I thought, I like this. Then would, there was only three changes that were, were made. The thing is, would that have been too many changes? Maybe, but... Well, he did. Uh, apparently, like, after the game, he said uh, he's looking forward to having uh, the team for more than two sessions. Yeah. So uh, you can't really expect him to make that many changes the if wed- they want to succeed. Wednesday session, 10.30 start. I left at one after doing my interviews, and there were still players out there training. So that was a super long session, which was really good to see. And we talked about this in the in Wednesday's show. He integrated the young players way better than than what has been happening as well. They were taking part in all the scrimmages, and it was excellent. Now it ended up kind of being the same old, same old in the in the game, and quite an inspiring performance, really. He did say before the game that he didn't think it would need much to change. I think Tommy Soon said that when he took yeah. over from Tater. Um, but we see teams sack their bosses all over the world. Teams sack their bosses, and then the next game they get a strong reaction and they play out of their skin. Not so much on Saturday in LA with, with the Caps. Unfortunately. Was that due to the Caps, though, or was that well, more due to the opposition? Remember, uh, this is a t- uh, they, they were playing a team that sacked their own coach. True. And had, had the, their, the new whoever. Uh, and got a win Kinnear, last week. Kinnear, yeah. Kinnear uh, has now had them for a few weeks, and then they started winning their game. So maybe they just ran into a team that was doing the same thing. But remember, thing. Dominic Kinnear has been on Ziggy, was on Ziggy's staff since yeah. last year. So yeah. it wasn't that huge of a Exactly. Team. Yeah. Did, did it strike you that their minds were focused? Or are, do you, are you getting a vibe that they just kind of want this season to end now? I know I do. I know, I know there were a few players that were really putting the effort forward. Um, obviously, Kamara and Davies. Um, I think Russell Tiber was such a strong force in the middle. Um, Kamara got the highest rating score on who scored, then Davies, then Ali Gazal. Which, which is surprising. Yeah, he got a little bit of stick on yeah. online and, yeah, third highest rated Whitecap. Well, I think just because he got turned inside out by his yeah. Latin. Well, let's talk about the goals. <sighs> Man. Yeah, we have to. Every single one was three, absolutely avoidable. Three avo- yeah, yeah. Well, the first one, De Jong, again, once again, did it in, he did it in San Jose. Now he's done it in LA. Three minutes and lazy, maybe he should start I, I, really, I love Mar- I love Marcel. Yeah, but yeah, he he made he made. Drake a, said it was lazy. He made a bad challenge in in San Jose. It hasn't been in the eighteen since, yeah. right? Yeah, but Brett Levi's wasn't deemed good to go. I think we'll talk about this next part. But I think Brett Levi's bro. It's his October to see out and get a look at him. Second goal, Gazal was sold a dummy. Marinovic, though. For oh. me, he has to do better there. You ha- I'm not I know sure what he was thinking It was a either. fierce shot. It was a Zlatan spectacular effort, if you look at it in that regard. But you have to expect to keep it stand tall and at least get a hand on that. Yeah, I or was at the perfect height for him. I don't understand why it was like it felt like a little bit, almost like a penalty where you're guessing which way. He I was, was going like, down. Yeah, he was it going was... down and and to the one side. I was like, what's going on? 
But yeah, like I agree. Stand there and react. Not yeah. and that was not an anticipation moment in my mind. Uh, big big issue with that goal for me was to um, Don, uh, Daniel Henry um, chasing Zlatan all the way to the midfield almost and getting way out of position with put Ali Ghazal back into back line, covering for him. And then that yeah. way there was such a big gap yeah. in the midfield in front of the back line because that's where Ali Ghazal is supposed to be. And then he, man, when he. When he Walked stepped around, up, yeah, yeah. If, he had all that space. If Henry Slide had made, if Henry had chased him out there, Henry would have been back there, and then it would have been yeah. Henry Gazal. So I don't know why these guys chase the strikers <sighs> all the way out I know, all the time. But Zlatan just made it seem so simple. That's yeah. the thing. But the third goal, talking about Daniel Henry, it was another penalty. At that point, who cares? Yeah, it, uh, I, I thought it, it was, was a second, soft at it, first, it, but it was the second. The player said it was a penalty. Yeah, it was the second goal that that killed him. Oh yeah, it was the third goal. Was just. You know, but I mean, what was point. Henry thinking? Like, what was De Jong thinking? What was Henry thinking? You don't make challenges like that in the box. This, these are Canadian internationals. This is half of the Canadians' backline. You can okay, have. Okay, uh, but I don't think the, one, the one problem with Canada right now, we have a, a plethora of attacking yeah. options and defense. And we've got and the white caps defense. The defense is lacking, questionable. But uh, the thing about me for this was uh, uh, why. <laughs> Yes. Why did Zlatan not take this penalty? I know. I wonder if they have a rule. Like Ars- Arsene Wenger used to have a rule where if you've, you're you fouled for it, you're not allowed to take it. So even if it was Thierry Henry and he was in the scoring race, he gets fouled, you don't get to take it. Because it's kind of like you're too emotional, you're too mm. like whatever. I wonder if Kai was going, what are you doing, man? I'm going to take that penalty. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Romain Alessandrini, beautiful penalty. I mean, that was a textbook penalty. Somebody was mentioning on the post game, I can't remember which one of them was doing it, but they said that the the reason why Romain took it was because he was on a goal bonus for 10. Well, someone oh, said, no, Peter. I yes, think, that, that, was it Peter? Peter I can't remember. Said on yes, because that, that's all three. I think Kamara's, Zlatan, because and Alessandrini's all in double figures. So why would Zlatan take it to get the hat trick? They gave it to Romain in order for him. Yeah. And then they, they kind of got together after the goal, too, to kind of celebrate that. To work bonus. out how they're going to spend it. Yeah, because well, Zlatan <laughs> reached 20, right? right? Yeah, I think yeah, we got yeah. that. So instead of, we usually do our kind of good, bad, and ugly. I guess it was all ugly. But before we get to that, I just want to play Craig Dalrymple's audio we didn't get Dom Kinnear. I have looked everywhere and I cannot find Dom Kinnear's audio anywhere, anywhere to include with it. So we'll just play a little bit from Craig Dalrym. Not an easy week for the team, but uh, you know the challenge was there ahead of them in, in terms of getting themselves back on track and, and and focused on the task at hand. And to be honest, they uh, they had every reason to lie down tonight and, and lie down and give in, especially after conceding two two minutes in with a with a penalty, which it was a penalty. It's, it was a you know unfortunate lazy challenge in the box, and and then there was a reason there. We're thinking, okay, they're going to lay down or they're going to fight, and they fought. Uh, and I think from 15 minutes on, we were. We were in the game. We were in the game. I think we outchanced them. I think it was 14-11. We outchanced them on shots on goal. Um, I think from possession stats, I bet from 20 minutes on, we, were, we, we outpossessed them as well. So really, really happy with the response. Um, obviously, Latan scores a scores his Latan goal and, and then a third penalty. Again, another reason to lay down, but they didn't. They got stronger. Um, so really, really proud of the effort. you feel like that third penalty, that was a fair call? For my, my initial thought was no, um, but the lads are telling me, yeah, it, it was okay. clear. So, 
Yeah. What were you happiest with? Just the, just their approach. I mean, they, they wanted to they wanted to prove that they have belief and confidence and determination and grit, and, and they showed it. So, it, it, what they did tonight was it was a credit to them. Um, I just tried to mold them together and get them on track, and 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 you know. So I'm 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 pleased for the boys. Mathematically, you're still alive, yeah. but in reality, it looks like a really tough road. It is a tough road, but we'll put four strong performances, and I can guarantee that they they want to do it. They're committed to that, and. We'll count the points at the end of the season and see where we're at. Rooting for one team or another in certain games? Uh... Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to get some results go our way, of course, but we need it. But, again, we'll put four strong performances in. We'll see where we are at the end. What is the biggest challenge this week, but now after the result that we're coming in terms of preparing the team is more mental, is more motivational than any other thing? Yeah, at the end of every season is always about the character of, of a group. Uh, all the work is done early in the season. Um, my job is just to continue to steer them in the right direction, but they're, they're leading the charge. Uh, they're, still, they're still fighting that locker room, and you'll see that uh, next week against TFC. You see uh, the job that you, that you need to do. How much of it is getting this team, seeing if you can get to the playoffs, and how much of it is presiding over uh, a transition in this club as you look towards next year? My job is to ensure that those players have a, a good environment to work um, every day and make sure that they're focused on the task at hand. That's my job uh, and it, right now it's easy because they're responding really well. The gaffer there, he doesn't like the word gaffer, but... We're not changing the song. No, we've got the song, it's like, he I has to put up with it for five years. We spent a lot of money on those rights with the song. Yeah. Weren't you saying that you maybe thought maybe the song was a bit of a problem or something the other day? No, he doesn't like the term gaffer, yeah. Oh. Har asked him a question and said something about gaffer, and then he said, first of all, I don't like the term gaffer. That was cut out of the scrum, you never got to see that. But what's wrong with the term gaffer? I like it. Anyway, let's get back to talking about this. I mean, Dalrymple's comments there, he was talking about good response from the team. and <laughs> did, did he watch the game? Did, was, he, was, he does know we lost. It was like an oral version of Stuart Kerr's tweets. Mm. It, it was a strange... I know he probably didn't want to badmouth them and lose them right away, but... Yeah, yeah, you got to... I think he played... Like, he, he did admit that Marcel de Jong's uh, challenge was lazy. Lazy. Um, and he said the same about Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so so he's he's not like he's like mincing words, but he's not. Why does throw he hate whole, Canadian? He's not going to throw the whole team under the bus no. at this point. I mean, it, it was good though as well because th- I mean, it was good rewards. I don't know if you saw on Instagram, a few of the players got to enjoy LA today, and Jordan Much was in Malibu. I mean, it's, it's good to reward a team and uh, let, yeah. let them get well, out. People after were a game at like uh, where was it? Baseball or what was hmm. it? Someone was at a stadium. I can't remember what it was for. Grass baseball. So oh. that that was good. Well, you call it ice hockey, so the most you like putting the whatever we play on. The Skydome is turf baseball. There you uh, go. If we start to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly, one good thing we did outshoot LA fourteen to eleven. That's the stronger part, I guess. Yeah, uh, the any- shots were not great. Was though. there anything else? Was it on target shots or just shots? No, that was so. just shots. A- any other good things that you can take from that? The fact that there's just four games left—that's kind well, of a good thing. I think Mark Weaver said it was going to be four 0 so. 
I, I said three now in the preview that I, I did for a, a You must UK feel good site. about yourself. I was, I was you, must have, you must have slept well last yeah, night. Yeah, when Daniil committed that penalty, I was like, get in there, son. <laughs> well done, man. So the bad. The bad. All year, it's been Robbo in the front office that get all the blame for what's been happening. I've talked for months that the players need more blame than they've been getting. Robbo obviously liked to defend the players. Is it the game plan? Is it them? The manager can only put the team in the pitch, and then it's up to them. And frankly, they failed the club this year. No, I or think, at least a lot of them have. I think a lot, a lot of blame yeah, has to go to the players. But, but again, going back to Bobby's comments earlier this week, this the scapegoat that is, uh, or sorry, to place all the blame for that is Robbo was the one who brought in the players, right? Yeah, so, but he can't go on the pitch and do the business. No, so it's the yeah. players deserve a lot more blame than they're getting. Uh, another bad aspect, LA. They had their 11 shots. Only three shots were on target. How many goals did they get? Hmm. So two of them were penalties. Yeah, still. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Marinovic didn't have a right, save to me. He guessed right on his Latin one. Yes. And he just, just couldn't get his full hand on but it. But no save Not strong registered. enough hands. That's just not, not acceptable. Not strong hand at all mm-hmm. on anything. Mm-hmm. This was a game for the taking, it feels, when you look at that. So it was another wasted opportunity. Ugly side. Is there any hope for this defence that, that a complete blowing up of it is going to to change? I, I I genuinely don't see keeping the bulk of this defence together next year and us somehow turning this around and becoming miraculous defenders. No, I I they they got to make some changes. They they need to. And again, I, I again I won't blame it all on the back line. Um, I don't think they get. The I don't think they get enough uh, enough support from the guys in front of them. Like if you get an, uh, the holding midfielders doing their job, the f- uh, wingers doing their job, and if you get them like possessing the ball more and moving it around and everything like that, you, you'll get a better result on the back end as well. Mm. Three more points dropped. Caps an eighth still. Mm. La moving ahead of them and increasing their lead. There's an absolutely massive point. For Real Salt Lake today in Kansas City, doing what the Whitecaps have failed to do by going somewhere, needing to get some points on the board and getting the business done. Uh, Vancouver's done here and there. They no, went to, no, they went it's to, mattered recently. When though. they went to New York and they got the point, they, no, they won in Portland. Seems so long ago, Kansas you City. You always, it's always whatever happened last week. The, the RSL Kansas City game today was really, really interesting. Mm. Like R- RSL, I think. Well, I think in general, you say going to Kansas City. Taking a point, that's good. I think in, in part they'll feel hard done by that they didn't get three. Like uh, one, R- Romando was both hero and goat. He he uh, he. The goal uh, was awful. If you're if you're RSL, the goal they gave up, the goal they scored was nice, but the goal they gave up was awful. Romando it was a corner. Uh, it was, it was a ball crossed in from wide. Romando takes a step or two towards like he's going to go for it, realizes he's not going to get to it and starts to starts to go back. And then uh, Opara just like heads it past him really bad. Now he became hero because he made a couple of huge mm. saves at the end, including, does. including taking a boot to the face. Um, well, we're six points back off RSL now. We well, do and have a game in hand on them. They also hit the crossbar where they could have scored. Yeah, they only have three left uh, home and away to Portland yeah. and uh, they're hosting New England. Yes. Who got thrashed by TFC. So, I mean, you could say they might not get any more points out of that, but there's still a small part of me that feels that we could win four games and get in. 
I don't know how realistic that is going to be, but we Steve, could how, even... Steve, how do you feel about that? I don't think they're going to get in at all. Well, LA have trips to KC in Minnesota. LA then they're at home to Houston. Yeah, see, that's... So they've only got three games left as well. But their, their games are not too bad. We could even drop lower than eighth, just to be really pessimistic, because Minnesota won, and they're four points back now. And two in a row. They're away to Philly, home to Colorado, which you think's three points for them, and then home to LA and away to Columbus. I could see LA still getting in. Like, I'm not saying I want to or I think they'll, I could, but I could see that. I think I could see them passing at Russell. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a battle between those two now, and I, I, think, I think we're done. If RSL were to get a win next weekend... And we lose to Toronto. That nine-point gap's the end of it because they've yeah. got the tiebreaker. So that that could be the end of the season, sadly. But we'll be back with a, a little bit more chat about some of the players and some other stuff that came out this week regarding some of the players after this. Hi, my name is Alec Azal. I am listening to AFTN Show. I woke up again this morning with the sun in my eyes When Mike came over with a script surprise a mafioso story with a twist A two-world fool, Joey Numa Here to get your ass out of bed He said, I'll explain it on the way But we did nothing Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. That was Bran Van 3000. Brings back a lot of memories. Yeah, drinking I think it was from LA. 94 93. Definitely the mid-90s. I remember... Do you remember a music magazine, CMJ? No. Uh, I got I'm that... I'm assuming it's in England? No, it's an American oh, okay. mag. No. I got it over here in Toronto, and I was in Toronto in '94 and '96. So it was one of those. It was a had a I free CD with it. So. I think it was '94 because I remember it might have been my grad year. Hmm. But yeah, good song. Don't know if the Whitecaps were doing much drinking in LA to drown their sorrows, but maybe they should have been. These players, they're now playing for their contracts. Did you get that impression? Because it no. didn't didn't strike me that they some were. did. Not very many. Now, we're not going to rehash this, because we've talked about this for the last two weeks, about who we think might be here and who might not be. Do you think most of them still want to be here? And I know we've talked about these players that are here just because of Robbo, but the city, the lifestyle here, and things that go with that is definitely going to interest people. Is that going to override their loyalty to Robbo, do you feel? But they rather, like, they don't care who the coach is. They just like being in the city. I think some of them might be like that, but I, I, it's going to be de- depending. I know some people had, like, strong opinions afterwards, and I think maybe with time it'll reflect, but I don't know. It, it all depends. Mm. It all depends on what their, especially their wives think. That'll be a big yes. thing. Kenny Miller, is that <laughs> Well, I mean, a lot of the wives and their families are going to be settled here. Yeah, there's, there's multiple factors for these people. I think... Remember, this is uh, this is their livelihood, and so the, the state of their contract and the opportunities they have here or elsewhere are a huge thing. I think though that that's probably the in one way is the number one thing. Then you can think about all these other things. Yeah, how well is my family connected here? Do I want to live here? Do I like the city? Do I like where? Do I like living in the city and going out to UBC? Whatever, like, or do I want to? You know, affordability, whatever. Well, yeah, there's yeah. That, that aspect as well. 
If we look at who we think is guaranteed, and I want to give a hat tip to Glass City for coming up with a nice little spreadsheet because it saved me having to do the legwork in this. Homegrowns aside, it looks that Blondell, De Jong, Juarez, Nerwinski, Waston and Aha are the guys that have guaranteed contracts and are going to be back next year. When we spoke to Stefan Marinovic last week, he said, yeah, he doesn't think there's a lot of guys got guaranteed, so that kind of fits in. Now, it's fair to say that most people probably don't want to see Effie back, but those other guys, I think most people would be happy enough if they, they came back. Not saying whether they will or not, but I, I don't think there'd be a big outrage for, for bringing those guys back. No, on that list? Mm-hmm. You said Blundell? Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I think Blundell could get loaned out. I don't know if... If, if they brought him back... I, I find it head-scratching, though, that he's not in the eighteen. This is the time to see what he can do. Yeah. He surely has to play in October so we can see what he can do by having a I, proper I, run in a team that hasn't got a player. Do we know what off. happened to Jordi Reyna? He, he's had a niggle all week. Oh, okay. He's um, got to be fit for Peru, man. He, yeah. He had this niggle and a bit of a knock. Th- that's, um, <laughs> that's one of the things that's really interesting in all this to me, which <laughs> is I find it intriguing to say the least that when all these players are either at the end of their contracts or um there was known there was it was known that there was going to be transition in the coaching scenario that all of a sudden a whole bunch of them got international call-ups i think there's an interesting correlation there that shouldn't be ignored I we'll see how it plays out. I don't know, because I was told weeks ago, before Robo had gone, that they expected to lose a lot of players for the Kansas City game. Right. So but, that was expected. But before before that, people knew that things were not well with the coaching staff. And uh, uh, there's there's an interesting correlation there. We'll see again. We'll mm. see how it plays out. But it's no. It's I don't. Sorry. I, in one sense, I don't think it's a coincidence. Let me put it that yeah. way. Well, I mean, some players are obviously not happy that Carl Robinson's gone. Kendall Waston is one of them, and he made his feelings very well known uh, on Tuesday. I, I will say it was a, it was raw to get him. He'd only been told a couple of hours before, and then all of a sudden, there's all these cameras and microphones pointing in his face, asking him what he thinks. Right, but yeah, he's the captain, so they have yes. to put him up there too. It was oh, yeah. similar to when Martin Rennie they had what Jordan Harvey and Jay Demerit. Yeah, up you there put your senior guys yeah, up. You have to put him up there, but you don't have to put it on the website. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. The caps didn't put his scrum up on the website. Wasn't on Twitter. I, th- I think Global had it on their website because they did a, a live thing from the from training on Tuesday. But we have the scrum, or most of it. It tails off towards the end because I really had to leave to get back to work, so I missed the last thirty seconds. But I'm going to play it for you now, just so you can exactly hear what Waston said. We touched on it on the midweek show, but here's what he had to say. Yes, of course, very difficult because um, we've when since I came here, obviously I came as the coaches, not for the club. Um, the coaches bring me, so I feel better for them since day one. They did a brilliant job with us. But this year, the points or games wasn't enough, so they can finish the year. So obviously, it was it's difficult moment. I'm not happy at all. But as a player, you know that you have bosses, and even if you don't like the 
the things what happened, you have to respect what the boss said. Do you agree with the decision to let Carl go? Uh, maybe I was thinking like five games to go if this was the right moment. Personal, I don't think it was the right moment, but I'm not in charge of the club. You know, I'm just a player, I'm just an employee, and I'm, I, I don't agree, but it's my personal opinion. And I'm a professional, so I gotta work every day, but obviously that it hurts a lot because I didn't, don't think it was like the proper way that it, um, it have been done. What bothered you the most about it? Um, what bothered me? Probably like, didn't have the chance to say goodbye. I didn't see them today. Strange, but how I say, um, there are things that happen here that I'm not in charge. Kendall, as an employee, will you want to stay here long term now that Carl's not here? If I have, want to stay long term, see, I have contract one more year, but you never know what's gonna happen at the end of the season. The coach leave. Uh, it's normal that if the the how you say the captain of the boat ship, yeah, of the ship left, so the the cruise members are moving as well, eh? It happens, it's normal in football. I've, I've been through that in, in Saprisa, in other parts when they, they change move. So it's, it's normal, but it's obviously that, that we gotta finish the best way for us, for our families, um, the best we can this, this season. Are you confident with the steps this organization is gonna take as Bobby came out? President said that you know the goal is still, still to win a championship. We don't know what the qualities are going to be for a new coach. Are you confident mm -hmm. with this organization moving forward? What it's going to look like in 2019? Well, I don't know because that is I'm not the proper person to answer that question. What I can say is that I have to give my everything always, even that now we have a new coach. I have if I have the opportunity to to play, but I know all of my teammates. Um, we're gonna give until the end 100% to represent our job the, the best as possible. But what's gonna happen next year? Not even I know if I'm gonna be here. So, so yeah, I just gonna finish the best I can this year. Despite this news, for those that are on the field, what's the confidence level? As you said, five games left. Mm -hmm. We're not mathematically out of it. It is tough, but. Yes, is this group is. confident that you it can... It is tough, um, really, really tough, but not impossible. I think that what happened outside the, the field hopefully doesn't affect us a lot, so we can perform as, as best as possible. And I know that um, Robo, he blamed himself like that um, when we lose last game, and he always blame himself but we are the ones who are on the pitch he's not there right he's not running he's not tackling he's not heading so it's our responsibility as well the big players but as as well the young players because this is a, a teamwork so not everything is not like all the blame or on the old players because the young players also have responsibilities how hard will it be to give 
keep you guys mentally back into play on that, that is individual because I can fight with myself I cannot fight with another guy head I can I can encourage I can say good things or or motivate uh, a, a person but at the end is each individual had to find a way to 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 find his own way to to go forward because I gotta fight for my family because at the end, yes, I love, I love the sport, I love everything. But first of all, I gotta fight for my family. So in the pitch, I have to do what I have to do. Well, look, we speak so there's nothing lost in translation. Yeah. You're not happy with this move today. Obviously, my friend. Yes, I'm not happy. It's hurt. It hurt because if I see, I'm not happy when when they trade a teammate. I'm not happy when I see some when they move somebody that I. That Somebody that he likes and admires and that brought him here is what he said. Uh, unfortunately, tailed off there because I really did have to dash back to a training session at work. Um, but I just wanted to play that because I think Kendall's had a lot of stick this week from people just reading yep. maybe out of context quotes. Incomplete quotes. Incomplete too. quotes, yeah. So I wanted to play the whole thing. So from what I, and I, I when I talked on Wednesday... I never got a chance to listen to it, yep. and I, then I didn't end up listening to it because then you just have other things to do during the week. Um, what he said there was that, and, and the thing about next year, be, having a contract and he's not sure if he's going to be here next year, it's because he mentioned that if the coach that brought him in is gone and the new coach comes in and the new coach might not like his style or like the way he plays uh, central back, that's what I'm assuming, That's I'm putting yeah. little, I'm filling it in basically. He's not going to be here then, hmm. and then I and he said he's been th- through that before with other teams, and that's totally understandable. Then he, it's not a controversial thing then at that point, because he said that he's got a year contract, but if it, if the coach doesn't want him here, he's going to be gone too. Yeah, I I, uh, I can't understand why pe- some people are frustrated. I think I think though uh, a, a couple of things for me. One is you, people don't know all the things that are going on behind the scenes, right? So we were only yeah, we don't know what we don't know what they're saying to to him in terms of what they're thinking yeah, about. They next might year. want his salary off the books. The, yeah, or, they know he's a marketable, sellable player. Right. So that's one thing. The other thing I want to say is that he yeah, obviously he's it's emotional. It's a re, like life is about relationships. And so when he says I didn't come for the for the club, yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He brought here because someone came and said, "Hey, do you want to play for me?" And this is what this he is what I want to do. Never heard of Vancouver Whitecaps. Yeah, yeah. That no, that's understandable too. Well, that he, explanation. He had been well. to, no, he played at Swangard well, under, under twenty. Yeah. But yeah, anyways. But yeah, so, how much were they allowed to see Vancouver at that time? No, they but, probably, but uh, so I, I, I like I have no problem. I have no problem with. I have no problem with that. I know some people do. Here's the thing. I when he says that, I, I came because a, a person invited me into their their vision of what they were trying to do. Um, I didn't come for the club, and and his frustration with what has happened. I think support. Hey, don't hey, don't open that yet. What are you doing? You just I mean, can't. You're wait. ruining it. Um, Sorry to he, make sure it wasn't going to explode. He, uh, we'll come uh, to this in the next yeah. part. He, um, it's like it's like when people say I'm not happy with the the management. Does that mean that they're saying I hate the club, I hate the badge, I hate like? No, he's saying I don't like the decision they've taken yeah. because it affected someone yeah. I have a personal relationship with, and so. 
I, th- some people are like, oh, he's acting very unlike a captain, and what was he supposed to get to know? Then and Rusty said this, and Kai said that. And I do, what, I do whatever, feel but, though that Rusty came across more captain like, yeah, whereas but Kendall Rusty, was more personal and from the. Rusty, Rusty was here before Robbo was yeah, here, and he's Ru- been here. Now Rusty, after. I think, has also been like the link between. Bobby and the and the team and four coaches. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, honestly, I think yeah. I think Rusty is the guy when 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 Bobby wants to know what's going on with the team, like not from a coaching perspective. I think Rusty is the guy. He says, "Hey, Rusty, man, what's going? What's mm. happening?" You know, the, Rusty is very much like, "Hey, Rusty, dude, what's happening?" Yeah, let's Leonard. Let's quote. Yeah, dude. I could be wrong about that. That's just my mm. perception of things. But now, Kendall is taking Mandarin lessons just now. Are we going to see him go off to China? Could be. If he's taking it, why would he mm. take it? Well, he lives in Vancouver. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. But, yeah. It, let's, let's get those rumors. They're already started, but let's just add fuel to them. It's not really f- adding fuel. They they really... <laughs> he's taking Chinese lessons, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's on it's on Instagram or whatever. Yeah, if, uh, I think you listen to the words he said there. I need to take care of my family. Exactly. And so, if yeah, if he's going to get paid a lot of money to go play in China, can you, yeah, can you blame I, him? Well, no, you can't. I mean, the, the Chinese club paid uh, the Chinese club. <laughs> they paid Freddie Montero over four million a year. Oh, well, yeah, they like, played obscene money for things, and this is a World Cup player and someone that scored in the yeah, World so Cup. Yeah, so it could be that Chinese club, another Chinese club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I spoke with Marinovic on Wednesday. That was on the midweek show, as as you can hear. We, we didn't talk about Stuart Kerr leaving because I, I got the vibe that he really wasn't. Yeah, he might have shut down the interview at that, that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, that's the guy who brought him here. Yeah. So does he look to go? He's in an option year. He was already he seems looking, frustrated but, with the defense, but he, but he was already interested in going at this point. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I think his when he came here, his plan was he'd like to see his contract out here and then have a shot in Europe, maybe the championship. I, I think if we offered him a deal, he may stay, but I think he would maybe be inclined that he does want to move on. My, my understanding is that less than a year ago. There, there was a, rea- there was a, there was possibilities that he would not, have, he would be gone way earlier than the end of his contract. Yeah, if he'd had a really great no, no, season or? no, no, like, like he could have been gone last off season. Oh, and but that didn't play. Oh, well, there was there was reason. work visa issues, and they've changed things in the UK. You have to have made a certain number of international. I think he makes he, he stuff, makes that though. He's played. Oh, he certainly does now, but I mean, there's rubble guys, and I. <laughs> I genuinely, anyone that puts the coach before the club, I don't want them here anyway. No one's come out and said that, per se. No. But the writing could be on the wall for the likes of Hurtado, Mosquita, other fringe guys that clearly aren't MLS starters, and who Robbo liked and brought on, yeah. and they obviously like Robbo. And I see Hurtado not having a problem staying. I see Mosquito probably moving on, because they need something different in that midfield. But again, you need some players like that at that salary level in this in the MLS realities, yeah. like it, like it's, I, but they may not decide that they might s- seek pastures new. Oh, the players, but, yeah. Oh, but, the but players, they get yeah. to seek oh. it in MLS or whatever is another thing. Craig Dalrymple, as we mentioned, we spoke to him midweek, and he revealed to us that all the younger guys that he'd love to maybe give a run out and blood if the players were out, they're not available to him. So the, the players got loaned out to, to get the minutes, right? Yeah. Like yeah. You, you, like. Which is having mixed results, right. let, yeah. let's say. That's fair. So these last four games, right now they're still in the playoffs. So Toronto, I think we'll see a strong team. I don't know at what point that we are mathematically out. Could be next Saturday, could be the Saturday after. It might not be at all. But 
for whatever games we've got left, I want to see Emnes get a run out so we can see what he can do. I thought he might be on the bench and he told us in the midweek show that he, he, he needs just minutes to, to get really up and running. I want to see Aha back in the middle because he's here next year. So let's just see what he can do. He might be here next year. Well, he's got his guaranteed contract Oh, I know, right but they could now, trade him off yeah. somewhere too in MLS. Brett Levi's... For me, if he's fit, he has to see these last four games yeah, again see what so they we got. can see if he's MLS quality. I also want to see Felipe playing, ideally as a 10. And I said this earlier, we, sh- we need to be looking at Blondell. How about the new centre-back they signed? Is he ready to go? Dominguez? Dominguez, yeah. I, I'd still, well, I guess you could pitch an aha on him just to see what he could do. I, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. If, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if the... If qualification for the MLS Cup thing is is off is off the table, then I, I don't disagree with you, Michael. In terms of playing different players, like you saw that in 2011, uh, some often to the detriment of of the team. Yeah, um, I mean by that point, let's let's just get Minnesota the, to overtake yeah. us. We get a higher draft pick. No, no but, oh, it's traded trade that away, so that doesn't really matter a jot. It's uh, it's someone else will be happy. But it's it's at max going to be three games, right? My 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 yeah. my one goal this year is the remaining is to finish ahead of Montreal and TFC. Yeah. yeah. So you get the higher seed in the thing. Well, sorry, you get Michael. I think said this last week. Yeah, we don't know what this higher gonna be. seed based on how things have done in the past. Past, yeah, yeah they, it could be changed. Hopefully, it is the same. It's also the the last four matches that we will see Alfonso Davies as a white cap until he's loaned back in a couple of years yeah. when he hasn't cracked it at the starting eleven. But hey, hey, hey. I'm kidding. An injury free four matches, right? Yes. Oh yeah, hopefully. But I want to play a fun little thing now. Zlatan was asked after the game on Saturday night for his thoughts on on Fonzie. So let's just play what he had to say. Zlatan, what do you think of uh, Alfonso Davies, uh, the winger for Whitecaps, who is going to Bayern? Everybody says he's the biggest time in the MLS. 67. I mean, we were dominant today. I think it was the left foot, yeah? Mm-hmm. Good player. I don't know so much because I'm just new in the game here in MLS. So if he goes to Bayern, he is a good player because they don't choose bad players, and especially young players. And a club like Bayern... He will learn a lot. He will. He will. If they saw something, they saw something big because they don't get anyone just like that. So, just hope he's ready when he comes there because when he comes there, he will be lonely, and the competition will be big. So he need to be mental strong, and uh, when he see the big players, not to show too much respect. You go in there for a reason because you're part of the team. Then it's up to him to make the rest. So, I see the future bright. Great stuff there from Zlatan on him. Have you watched uh, Becoming Zlatan on Netflix? No, oh, you're you the sh- second person that's asked me that in should, two days. No, you should watch it. You should watch it. Because that's some of the stuff he's saying there about going in as a young player and not giving too much respect to the older players and having a go, that's a bl- partly his story, right? Like, Watch it. What he says is, is true, though. I don't have Netflix. Oh. I don't even get to chill. But there's a, actually... Let's talk about that next week because it's a Goldie looking chainsaw called oh, Netflix and Chill. Oh anyway, it's going to be tough for him, but he he's nothing seems to phase him. He strikes us as a mature guy. He's just a kid. He's having fun. He was at the SFU game on Thursday night. I was briefly talking to him. He's just did like, you, you see some mates. Did you see uh, Cedric selfie with him? 
Oh no! Did he take so one? Oh, yeah. I didn't take a photo. I didn't. I didn't photo him doing keepy ups at halftime. Like, Oops. was the crowd gathered around? No, it was just his mates. Oh, okay. and us. And it was me and Slamo, and I was like, I so want to get into that and do keepy ups with him. You should have. I, my yeah. There was a girl sitting behind that I imagined then whacking in the face with the ball, but I thought leave it to the professionals. But it, it's going to be a bit tough for him, I think. Do, do you think he will find it tough to to adapt? You're kind of German. He, for me, I know I know Zach's going to take some time to answer, so I'm just going to give mine right now. I was like, Steve's German? No, I'm not German. But he came from Edmonton to Vancouver. He, no, well, first of all, he came from um, uh, Ghana uh, to Edmonton, adjusted. He went from Edmonton to Vancouver at, what, 14, 15 by himself, adjusted. Not, obviously, it's a uh, similar um, country, the same country, but obviously different lifestyle, Edmonton to Vancouver. So going to, from Vancouver to uh, Germany, it's going to be the language barrier. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I well, don't see... he's taking see German lessons already. There you go. And then uh, I'm sure there's enough people in Germany speak English, and then Bayern oh, Munich's yeah. going to take care of him, make sure he's not alone, like Zlatan Z- said, scaring our little Alfonso Davies like that. It's not right for Zlatan. In, uh, I, I don't have any problems with him adjusting like that. He's adjustable. He's a guy that adjusts. In West, in West Ger- the, the Western, the Western part of Germany, everyone, everyone, speaks, in? English, everyone speaks English. It, when they go to play Dead Bull, you might have some trouble. But mm-hmm. um, no, the, uh, no, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, honestly, I think he, fo- football is like music; it's like a universal language, right? Like, so the, the, I think he'll figure that out. It's great he's taking lessons yeah. now in terms of. I love of, the vlog he's doing now. I hope he continues that yeah, when he goes over to yeah. Germany. Except it, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, but no, I think he's going to be fine. There's opportunities. Like, this is the thing. Like, the whole, he's going to get a half a year hanging out with r- Robbery, right? Uh, Aaron Robin and Frank Robbery. No, so he's going to get a half a season with both of them. And then both of them mm. might be gone. Yep. So the other thing is they have two other wingers. One is injured, Kingsley Coleman. The thing I'm a little bit afraid of, is, this is important, the thing I'm a little bit afraid of is Bayern has sold, in the, at the end of the transfer window, they sold Juan Bernat. Now, to you, that might be meaningless. Absolutely. The thing is, Juan Bernat has been their cover at left back for David Alaba. I'm really hoping that Fonzie doesn't play a lot of left back in his first number of I think he will end up as a left back. I hope not. The the thing is, David Alaba can play many more positions than Fonzie can. He can play anywhere in midfield. He can play on, on the wing on either side. And so I really hope that doesn't happen, but I could see that more than more than I did before. Before I was like never, but now I could see it potentially happening. And we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I'm sorry, Steve. Great there song. There will be no Great waving song. flags in this studio. Outstanding. How are people meant to see us? 
<laughs> Outstanding choice, Steve. That was from last week. I yeah. thought I'd play that in dedication to you, especially Canadian the after, content too. Right after, yeah, after the show, how much, how long that went on for too? Yes, I got a few comments afterwards. Down with flags. Yeah, a hashtag. bunch of British guys being like, "Oh no, this is atrocious." Yeah, and a bunch of foreign dudes <laughs> wanting it. Foreign dudes. <laughs> Are you Canadians? Are you <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, the only soccer show on Vancouver Radio. We're back into part five, and I'm going to start this part off by letting people know that finally someone has filled our hole. <laughs> oh, I gotta get. Rid- I have been waiting for this moment for weeks, months, and we finally. Have a letter in our docket. Zach's going to film this. I uh, want to thank, uh, I want to say Jerky21, but it's J-Y-R-K-I-21, Jerky. No, it's Yerky. Yerky, Yerky21, who has sent us our first letter into the show. So we're going to open this live hang on air. Hang on a second. Because it's always great opening envelopes in here. It's so, a Yerke because uh, he's a, a big fan of Yerke Lume. Yerke Lume, yeah. Oh. It was a Vancouver Canucks defenseman. Always skated with his le- legs wide apart when he skated into the zone. Oh. Steve just loves to talk ice hockey. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? Okay, so Zach's going to do our unboxing. I'm putting it on Instagram. So I'm just going to open it here just now. Let's see. we got to read the card. I will. Oh, very nice. Hold it, it up, hold it up. An Ottawa Fury. <laughs> Your game coin? I think it could be. This is superb. As a collector of stuff. Oh, from the inaugural season in 2014. It's going to be tough to split wow. that one amongst the three of us. Oh, it's only addressed to me. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Thank you so much, Yerky. 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 He says, hi, Michael. Uh, you mentioned you enjoyed receiving stuff in the AFTN mailbox. Here's a token that I received from the first Ottawa Fury NASL game after TD Place opened in 2014 against the New York Cosmos. Today it's the only game he's attended, but it's still a nice stadium. And yes, it is a dumb team name. Thank you so much, Yerky. I really, really appreciate that. That is Wait, fantastic. Can you, can you say it is uh, the part about the name again? Yerky. No, no, the name. It- oh, Ottawa Fury is a dumb team name, says Yerky. <laughs> And Zach obviously agrees with that. But yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. I'm holding it up to the microphone just now. That's maybe a bit lost for people listening at home. But yeah, if you do want to send us stuff, we love getting things in our hole. And it's going to be a lonely, cold off-season. So fill our hole as much as you can. Send it to the AFT and Soccer Show, care of CITR Radio, LL500, 6133 University Boulevard, Vancouver, BC, V6T1Z1. I've seriously, Steve, I don't know. I, you, you weren't here, but I don't know if I've seen Michael this excited or this happy. Well, I, I have not been as excited since I saw the dancing troupe that were waiting for us when I came in last week. Oh, man. So thank you so much, Yerky, for that. But now, I mean, this is one of my favorite parts of the show, but now I'm going to take the mood down a little bit. Because it's wavelength time. Oh, no. With a song from 1979, my favourite year. Oh, this is great. It's from an album called Grubby Stories by Patrick Fitzgerald. I think this kind of sums up the Whitecaps right now. This is No Fun Football.
fun Getting thrown down stone stairs There's parts of you in flame It's no fun Keeping memories in the form of scars And an autograph doesn't seem the same When it's written on a plaster cast It's no fun Getting chased down the road When you find a blind wall It's the back of a pub Crates of beer bottle and that is all You scream but at that moment the home team Almost score Give up your fan club membership or your scarf But no They want more What competition for coffee and muffins on a Saturday while the suspense builds, you're playing your favourite tunes Telephones off the hook, no one to answer the door Waiting for the final score And it's no fun football anymore It's no fun When your head ends up looking like a slot in a toilet door Because someone thought better than spending a penny And threw it just to see it soar Above the heads of the crowd They shouted out loud Waving to a camera They're coming for you on a stretcher Bye-bye, I guess we won't see you anymore But then it's no fun Football Anymore It's no fun Football Anymore It's no fun Football Anymore It's no fun
Patrick Fitzgerald there. No fun football. No fun song. I knew no. you were going to say that. Yeah, that was depressing. He's a punk poet, man. Uh, yeah, it was I really depressing. recommend his greatest hits, which is a double CD of over 50 songs. That one didn't make it on. But Safety Pin Stuck in My Heart, that's a good it's one. A got <laughs> a safety Pin Stuck in My Heart for you, for you. I got a safety pin stuck in my heart for you, for, for you. you. I got a safety pin stuck in my heart for you, for you. For you, for you, for you, for you, for you, for you. He's picking up the mini iPad. It's time anyway now for BC Soccer Web Headlines. Oh, wait, wait, no, 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 no. I know they usually give out all the links for the things, but he's been off right now. So right now it's Steve's headlines, because I had to do all the work to find these headlines. (laughs) It's time for SP Soccer Web Headlines. What's been catching your eye on your own site this week, Steve? Well, I don't have a site, but I had to look for the stuff. Um, Okay, so VAR is going to be making an appearance in quite a few places. Um, Asia Cup in 2019, it looks like it's going to be put into some... It says at some stage. I don't know if they mean the finals or just the finals or something. I don't know about that. Uh, so it Big. looks like it's going to be there. Also, UEFA is going to be debuting VAR um, in Champions League in 2019. Um, it'll be 2019-20 Champions League, 2020 European Championships... Um, also, next year's UEFA Super Cup and the Europa League for, uh, from the 2020-21 season. What about Scottish League 2? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Just as well we're in Scottish League 1 then. Yeah. So it looks like VAR's... Uh, Not for long. It looks like VAR's nope, here to stay. The championship. It looks like VAR's here to stay because it's, it's everywhere now. It's like yes. a disease. I like VAR. V-A-R. V-A-R. Um, another news, uh, Euro 2024, where obviously there will be VAR, yep. um, has gone to Germany mm-hmm. Jawohl. over Turkey. Jawohl. Uh, Turkish people. Deutschland, Deutschland, Uber, Turkey. Uh, th- it'll, it'll actually be the first time they're staging the European Championship as a unified country. Yep. Uh, 90, oh. 1988 was the last time as West Germany. The volley from Ruud Hulet. Mm-hmm. Now the, No, from Van Basten. Ruud Hulet got the other goal. Uh, evaluation panel uh, did not give uh, glowing rem- uh, grades to Turkey. Um, they felt <laughs> they felt there was a lack of human rights action plan, and there were questions about their economic stability as well as other things. I have been to Turkey, and Ephesus is amazing. Just wanted to say that. Yeah, I want to go there. Is it a good place? Nah, yeah, Turkey's a, the f- people in Turkey were lovely, really, really warm and friendly. I. Well, of course, it can be warm. It's hot there. Um, downhill slide. Um, you know, uh, we talked about uh, the Whitecaps possibly selling the club. Um, the rumors. <laughs> Let's that start we're those rumors again. Let's start those rumors. But uh, well, somebody that might is uh, Chelsea owner, Robin, Robin, Roman Abramovich. Abramovich. Abramovich, whatever. Um, so he's. He, you could have uh, picked stories with names that you knew. Listen, let's just get on with it. <laughs> U.S. visa rejected his. Oh, we we talked about before his U.K. visa oh, was rejected, yes. right? Uh-huh. So yeah. and also he tried to get Swiss residency, and that was rejected as well. The police said he was a threat to the public security. Um, so uh, that's wow. the reason why they uh, did well, that. Well, then he can't come here because we know the provincial government doesn't want to put any any more into security for football reasons. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so uh, Jeff, Tink- Jeff Tinker is a big Chelsea fan, and he messaged me this week saying, "Yeah, if the Caps want to sell, maybe Roman can buy them if they give him citizenship with Mourinho as manager." Oh, yeah. be smashing. Oh, 
Um, sir, the people that are rumored to looking to buy the team is Sir Jim Ratcliffe, uh, British, uh, richest, Britain's richest man. Also, Paul Allen from the Pacific Northwest of America. Oh, Seattle. Um, Seattle. Seattle. Seattle Seahawks and Portland Trailblazers, as well as obviously part owner of the Sounders, too, I think. Mm. Well, I don't think he is anymore. Oh, oh he, he sold it? I oh. think he got out. I think Anauer owns it all now. Mm. Adrian. Canadian Premier League. Signs apparel deal with Italy's Macron. Yeah, yeah, the good thing. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's he's he got elected to the <laughs> French Prime Minister, and it's, it's been mixed. But yeah, controversial so, signing. On other teams that have them as uh, their shirt maker is uh, Bologna FC, Lazio in Italy, Portugal Sporting Lisbon, Spain's Real Sociedad. And England's Nottingham Forest and Stoke City. Those are the big yeah. Ones. So the a couple of things. Not New. I thought Newport County had them. Or maybe they did in the past. I said those are the big ones. Oh. It's one one sense. Uh, you you know we talk about this about the Canadianness of the Canadian Premier League. So some people are maybe a little disappointed disappointed that Inaria uh, wasn't able to to do this. Although people question whether or not they could actually do what needs to be done. Um, the, the cool thing about this is um, that I know a lot of people are happy or hopeful about this is that when you go with Adidas, when you go with Nike, when you go, I think even Puma, the the bigger companies, you cannot do a customized mm-hmm. jersey. Uh, you need like a two-year leeway or whatever, a two-year lead time. To you do give it. up basically a lot of uh, freedom to, to pick and choose what you want. Well, right? not even just freedom, but just like to do something customized. I think, needs it, lots I think it's of... nine years it takes, which is why we're getting the hoop next year. No, no, yeah, you're funny. <laughs> um, so that's one of the things is Macron because it's smaller and more nimble and whatever. Supposedly, all these kits can be customized. So you won't see like mm-hmm. your kit and then all of a sudden see the same thing. So you won't be told, oh, these lines represent, I don't know, a bridge, and then all of a sudden see Anderlecht with the same, with the exact same. They have bridges. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I didn't know the clothes were coming off, Michael. There's no one here to see me tonight, oh, avert, apart from you two. Avert your eyes, Steve. <laughs> um, so uh, what we're going to do is a flash five of our favorite moments with Robbo. Um, some oh, of our man. favorite moments. Wait, uh, these are yours? Oh, I, man, but I think I Michael... about that time we went and got pissed in Cardiff. Oh, I don't know about that. That was, <laughs> that was your favorite moment. Probably. So uh, these, these are mine. Um, so I'm hoping you guys can agree. Uh, some of them are on the field. Some of them off the field. Uh, I, a quick honorable mention to the Champions League run. Um, That's not important. No, it's a semifinal. They didn't make it to the finals. True. So I'm going to... Uh, so these are my five. Number five, this is a personal one, the ferry ride. Um, for Victoria, uh, really Robo, good. Robbie gave you a ride on his ferry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's really rich. No, no. We, well, we took the ferry ride. It was a rough ride too. I remember that. Um, uh, there was a lot of storms and everything like that. Uh, but uh, so we were on the BC ferries, and uh, me and Michael were sitting uh, away from the team quite a bit. Right? I think we were we were we kept our distance. Yeah. And then Robbo we were aloof. Yeah. And then Robbo came over to us and sat down, and we discussed. Uh, yeah. He talked a lot about what uh, this is like two years ago. No, when he no. first got hired. Remember oh. when it was the we played Juvik Vikes? Yeah, I thought we did it for like two or three years with it him. It was the first year of it. So I think that's no, because we that, did it with Martin Rennie. Isn't that the one where he, the guy planted uh, the face plant after school? Yes. I can't remember his name. Andrew Lewis? Andre Lewis. Andre Lewis. Lewis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a fun ferry ride. So, but yeah, I mean, he came, he saw us. We didn't want to pester him. And then he came and just chatted for 
<laughs> what turned 15, out to be hours because the ferry got well, delayed because he chatted with us 15 20 minutes but he, he didn't stay with us for the hours but we were on the ferry for hours for sure um yeah, number four rough ride uh he he's won a number of cascadia cups I, uh, zach you probably know the exact number cascadia cups that robo won uh, we won with robo as oh, coach no i can't remember okay for two or three that. Well, the one that was favorite for me. Some supporter you are. Some favorite for me was the one where we eliminated a, a B Portland on the last day and eliminated them from the playoffs. Oh, 2016, yeah. yeah what a great good. year that was. We didn't make the playoffs, but oh, yeah. We, we ended it on a high and went home happy. Yeah. Uh, num- yeah he, he won th- He won two, technically. Yeah. Um, San Jose, playoff win. Oh. What time is it? Five past the earthquakes. One is an assistant coach. I actually oh, yeah. worked that into the UBC game today. Oh, did you? Yeah, they won. They were six 0 up after thirty two minutes. One seven 0 So, uh, yeah, the five 0 win that was fun. It didn't. It followed up uh, with a not so great moment. We'll talk about that maybe some other time. Uh, number two, uh, Robbo's sideline swagger, uh, his clothes, sweaters, sweaters, and, jumpers, and the way he uh, uh, played around with the ball, always, oh, always interacting I, with the ball. He ha- I've never seen a coach handle the ball as much. Yeah. Number one, the Voyager's Cup. Brought it home. It's coming home. Yeah. It's coming home. <laughs> Hopefully at some point it's coming home. So yeah, that's that our fun. flash five. Um, let's get back so to the headlines. Wait, do, we, do, we, do we get to say stuff? I, I no, thought you were doing it while I was doing it. Oh, no, I was just, waiting. I was just listening no, to I your was too late now. personal Robo memories. Okay. So back to the headlines quickly, so, so we can get back to our loved ones. Um, teen, uh, we got Canadian national team got some great news this week. Oh, uh, was yeah. on the day Robo got fired. Balu, so uh, Balu Tabla committed to play Canada. So uh, Herdman's quote: "It's good to hear." <laughs> like you didn't know, uh, he's such a talented player playing in an environment where he's developing every day and developing at the level that is going to help the country set up for the next level. He's joining oh, the Whitecaps. No, Barcelona. Oh. Barcelona. Barcelona. It's as exciting. It's huge. I mean, yeah. again, the, uh, when you look at another the, attacker, uh, again, when you look at the this, the, there's they're spoiled the, for choices going forward. It's gonna be a two-two-five. Yeah. Well, it, what they literally did like, like a two-two-six. Two, 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 they did a, what was it a two-five-three? Right. It's not the white cats. No, got a guy sent off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really really exciting. No, I, I, fantastic it, commitment. I think two, I would still like to see him capped. Yeah. Just in case, well, but no, but he's done the press. Anyway, yeah, he a couple th- did a, a, a couple things about it are one, I think it gives more hope for 2022 in terms of a, a qualification campaign. Two, the other thing that's going to be really interesting, and I believe this will be a John Herdman decision, is whether or not they allow, or sorry, well, John Herdman plus Barcelona and other players' clubs. Will they be able to get the best of these young players in both the qualification for the U twenty and for the Olympics? Because there's great potential. Yeah, to... I'm thinking possibly not as much. Oh, because yeah. if you look, the guys that were in the UK, they just couldn't get them released, or a lot of them. Right. The last last time around. But uh, I think I think with a better team, better overall options. I think some of those teams might say it might be good for our young players to go play with, oh, I don't know, Tabla and Davies and have a run at the to make the U20 mm. World Cup because it would up their value and give them experience. And same thing with the Olympics. Well, it depends how much they are featuring as well Yeah, over in Spain and stuff. Um, CPL, uh, there was a little bit of action of CPL 
Nope. Yes. Um, Cavalry FC, FC Edmonton played uh, their first match at Spruce Meadows. It was about 1,000 people that came in. Yeah. Uh, they kind of limited to a thousand. Actually, they didn't. They did that purposely. It looked lovely. It's two-two. There was a two-two draw. It, it was filled with former Whitecaps residency players, and including one that I, the legend, Randy Edwin. He was yeah. when I saw his name, I was like, "Holy smokes, where did he come from?" Yeah, he obviously needs, Germany. He needs some games, so he, he's getting some games. We'll see what happens with Randy. Mike, th- th- Michael, thanks for retweeting my little video of being at Spruce. Yeah, I, I remember I, you showing us that months and I months know. ago. Apparently they don't like when you put a video on with like um oh yeah copyrighted music. Oh. <laughs> so, so that's why there's terrible music on there and I tried to edit it more like you had suggested but uh, yeah whatever. There was uh, some interesting names on the rosters though. Yes. One of them in particular, Jake Ruby. Yes. Yeah, he was I think it was in our was he in our top 5? Yeah. <laughs> So now off a Sunday's on Calgary's CPL possible prospects roster. Yeah. So that's an interesting one. If the Whitecaps lose him, that's a big, big loss. Because they can't get anything for him, right? Yeah, he's free to go. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, Also (laughs) on one of the headlines that Steve looked up. Sorry. No, you just saw it right now. I didn't see it earlier. No, well, I'd seen some stuff earlier. I didn't realize the magnitude of it. Yeah. Because I saw Pa Pa messaging about it. I think Pa was tweeting or doing something about it. But, um, yeah, Cincinnati has won the USL uh, regular season. Yep. So, like, the Supporter Shield, like the... Yeah, they won it on Wednesday night. Yeah. And then they got the trophy on Saturday. Yeah, really celebrated. Yeah, yeah, won it on the road. Anyway, congratulations to Alan. Looking forward to seeing them Alan and the, the former Whitecaps. Oh, yes. Richie. Spencer Richie. Sim DeWitt, DeWitt got a yeah. start in, in Saturday's game. But that is it for this episode Wait, of the show. Wait, we're done? So... Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsMeet. For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm part of the Movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. I'm part of the Movement AFTN. You can find me online at AFTN Canada, on Instagram at AFTN Soccer, on Facebook at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. So until next week, thanks for listening. Take care. And mourn the new coach. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.